0: Hello everyone, it is November the 18th of 2020. I am Nick, here with Chris, and it is time for Weekly Manga Recap. It is. After all, it is a Wednesday night, and that's what we do on Wednesday nights. Because nothing else that, uh, no, there's no other show on Wednesday nights that you would rather be watching, especially if you're a wrestling
1: fan. Nope, not at all. <laughs> Nick, I have, no. a, I, have, I have a small anecdote to share with you. Um, well, we only do small the okay show, Chris, yes. So. large ones the start the clock. If it goes over sixteen minutes, it's become too long for a tangent. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I have a, a friend uh, a couple of friends. They're a husband and wife who they have like seventeen kids. Uh, I think they actually only have five, but in my mind they have like seventeen kids. Um, <laughs> once you get past three, it's yeah like, I'm uh, like they have like a hundred yeah uh, and their youngest is like two years old. She's about two. Uh, for the sake of the story, I'll just say I was babysitting. There's, it, it wasn't exactly that. But I I was basically watching this this girl and playing with her. And she she had a little magic wand. Just a little stick that she was casting spells with. So, you know, she's doing a thing. She's like, I want you to be a puppy. And you just, you know, it's a fucking kid. You just go along with it. Like, all right, I'm a puppy. Woof, woof. And you're a kitty. Meow, meow. And then she realized she didn't know enough animal sounds. So she immediately had to move to something else. And she loves fucking mickey mouse clubhouse so she's like you're mickey and i was like i'm gonna blow this fucking kid's mind because oh, no. i have a decent mickey mouse and i was just yeah, like yeah. Ha, hi there eddie how are you doing and she's like eh you're pete now and i was like all right fine i'll go along with this i start doing like well here damn mickey i'm gonna and i was like you know what i've never tried pete before that was okay she's me like move on tries Donald. I think both of us immediately knew. We're like, this one isn't gonna work. It's very difficult to do a good Donald. You gotta keep going. But then she's like, do Goofy. I try Goofy. I don't have a good Goofy. It was enough for her. Yeah, I I just was like, I have that basically. And then otherwise... I just, it just became like, oh. The two of us, we can get, we can fill up that spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like, all right, you know, all right. Well, I guess I'm goofy now. We want to play hide and see. She wanted nothing but goofy. And this was like an hour of just straight wow. fucking goofy doing everything. And I start, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, maybe she didn't hear it great the first time. I'm like, are you sure you don't want Mickey to come by? And I guess even she felt like a little bad. She's like, All right, do Mickey again. And I'm like, Oh, why don't we go play some hide and seek? And she's like, "Now do Goofy again. And I was like, "You, You fool. You have no, This little girl, You are playing with glass right now. You are playing with glass. My fragile eagle is just shattering in your grasp right now. She wanted nothing to do with it. It really destroyed me. I really went home. I was like, man, I don't have a good Mickey. Maybe it's that bad. Maybe, maybe Don Goofy's the only thing I can kind of get working out there. Chris, I know for a fact that your
0: Mickey is way better than your Goofy.
1: <laughs> I know that's what I thought, but this child has me reconsidering every she had the chance to hang out with Mickey and she picked fucking Goofy. <laughs> now, the <Mickey> Mouse, <laughs> yeah, the Mickey guy. Yeah, as far as she knows, she's too. Who fucking, I mean, come on. I mean, granted,
0: I would probably rather hang out with Goofy than Mickey, too. Yeah,
1: (laughs) well, I mean, there's part of me, too, that's like, does she, I mean, I don't think she, she, you know, she's too, she's not really considering the visual element, but is she like, no, you look more like a Goofy than a Mickey to me, and I'm just like, that feels insulting. I know I'm imposing this insulting comment onto the child, but I feel like you're still thinking it, too, so I'm not far off base.
0: I have no clue. I mean, maybe she just, like, looks at you and thinks, like, yeah, yeah, you know, his his ears are three inches long and dangle around everywhere. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, she's commenting on my gigantic ears? That bitch! Why? That's one of my weak points! You went right for my ears? (laughs) Very sensitive.
0: Yeah, nobody knows this about Chris, but his ears are huge. He just keeps them under the headphones. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) These actually are—this is an airtight fit right now. Yeah, this is an airtight fit right now. I cannot get any more matter in here with my ears.
0: kids are weird
1: yeah they are very weird i hate them what a skank (laughs)
0: okay (laughs) i had to be
1: very dismissive it's the only way to prepare my ego (laughs) all
0: right uh we have a manga to talk about today we do we do i should have probably read it so
1: Yes, I hope you you read some manga this week. Wait, we're we're not talking about chapters this week, too, are we?
0: Uh, Maybe, you know.
1: Uh, Give me 20 minutes. I'll be right back.
0: All right, I'll I'll vamp for 20 minutes. So there I was. uh, I was in my living room, and uh, I was sitting in the couch, and I was being very bored. Uh, so I was doing the thing that both of the hosts of this show do, which is to read the manga that we're supposed to talk about in the podcast, you know, the way the good, prepared professional people do,, uh-huh. uh, which uh-huh. is why I'm sure my buddy Chris is off not doing that now. He's already done it. Uh, I'm sure he's just like, I don't know, getting a snack or something or.
1: Yeah, and that's also, that. Also, if you're
0: watching the stream, you can see he hasn't left either, so I don't know even why I'm trying to cover I more, create but...
1: a hologram, and this is just me. <laughs> I'll just interject with a tangent every so often to create the uh, illusion that I'm still here. My responses are limited. You must ask the right questions. <laughs> I have three topics I could discuss. Jackie Chan Adventures, Zhao Lynch Showdown, <laughs> and 80s movies I haven't watched yet. <laughs> Not a single topic that's manga-related at all. It's like, Chris Hologram, do you want
0: to talk about One Piece?
1: Interesting. One Piece. Like how the Mantis Flipcoin was also in One Piece as a singular piece. Thus, let's talk about in Showdown. <laughs>
0: Flawless <laughs> transitions every time. <laughs> all right. The manga we read this week uh, is called Cells at Work. In Japanese, it's Hadaraku Saibo. Uh, it's a series that was created by Akane Shimizu. Uh, runs in, or well, rather ran in Monthly Shonen Sirius, and has like five spinoffs, so uh. um, or sequel series or something like that. It's only a couple years old uh really um and what well, wait it's actually five years old i don't know maybe i was looking at the wrong date before it's kind of hard to keep track of which what what started when but uh relatively recently it was dabbed into an anime uh and it kind of got a lot of attention i think because just of the premise being kind of cute which is that it is a series that is about the human body and the cells inside the human body and what the cells, how the cells function, the cells are all anthropomorphized and our two main characters are a red blood cell delivery girl and a white blood cell security guy who destroys all the dangerous bacteria and viruses and stuff that come into the body. Uh-huh. And there are some other series as well that fulfill various different functions and stuff like that. So if you're, Chris, in my age, you might think of, wait a minute, wasn't there a, a movie like that? And you're, and yes, in fact, it was in the same programming block as Jackie Chan Adventures and/or Shaolin Showdown. <laughs> to think of it, so
1: yes, let's talk about Jackie Chan Adventures now. God damn
0: it, that hologram is so <laughs> lifelike; I'm never gonna be able to distinguish it from the real thing.
1: Fart joke. <laughs> it's just set to a timer <laughs> you can't tell I could be anywhere
0: <laughs> so um the series is about <laughs> the human body and bad things to happen to this human body very much actually i mean like this this series did make me think of the spin-off to Osmosis Jones a lot. The uh-huh. show Ozzy and Drix where the kid got a different disease literally every single episode. And it was just like, God damn it. Well, will this kid like fucking wash his hands or something. <laughs> <laughs> stop going. Stop go- going dancing in the bl- in a blizzard in your underwear. You idiot. <laughs> Live a healthier lifestyle.
1: Oh no, he's got a rare skin disease from running out into a a sandstorm that happened during a solar eclipse.
0: Like, again
1: (laughs) again this year?
0: Uh, Because there is a different thing that happens like every single chapter. Uh, Sometimes it's something like, oh, an upset stomach or whatever. But sometimes it's, but a lot of times it's like, Oh, there was an allergic reaction, and so the person had to take steroids. Oh, they were out in the sun, and so they had to to be rehydrated via intravenous injection. It's like, what the fuck is this person doing? You never actually see the person whose body that they're in, Mm. uh, which is a difference between this and that show that I was referencing. But all you see is just the point of view of the cells inside the body and how they're dealing with things. Yeah, but a lot of stuff happens to this person. They lead a dangerous lifestyle, full of disease and hardship. Yeah, it's up to this white blood cell to kill everything off, along with a few other things like a killer T cell and 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 uh, a regulatory cell and and stuff like that. Um, n- no one has a name in this series, <laughs> which really annoyed me. Like yeah. it poked me in a way that was just like. Have a name. H- yes. Have a fucking name. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to call you white blood cell all the time. Or neutrophil. Have a fucking name. I was so
1: annoyed by I was going to say, because you, you really don't get any... Like It's always like, oh, you're that white blood cell from the other day when someone has to recognize one of the characters or something like that. And it's, that's pretty much all you get. So, mm. uh, And there are different like <coughs> levels of... The
0: T-cells, I guess, because the naive T-cell becomes a different one. But that's because T-cells go through maturation inside the body and stuff. So nothing has a name. Uh, I'm going to just kind of cut to the point here. I didn't like this series. Um, It's not that I, like, disliked it, but it completely bounced off of me. Uh, I read this and I just
1: didn't feel anything. No,
0: just I think it just kind of boils down to.
1: It's a series that's
0: kind of meant to be appealing in terms of its educational, which Mm. is fine. Uh, And there's a lot of different little info boxes that pop up throughout the series that kind of help to explain. Basically, this the story is kind of a vehicle to explain like, hey, these are the different cells inside of your body. Uh, This is what they do, and this is how, you know, your biology in general functions at the microscopic level. That's fine. Uh, I've seen that done better, though, uh, and I've seen that done in a way that makes me actually want to remember the things that happen. And, like, look, when I was in seventh grade, we had to watch this, like, student-made film that had the budget of approximately three buttons and a pin, and it was just about a person who went inside of a cell and then met all of the different sub-organisms inside of a cell. Like, I'm the nucleus and I'm in charge of the cell. I'm the ribosome, and this is what I do. I'm the Golgi apparatus, and this is what I do. It was just that, and they had, it was that really weird animation thing where, like, you just put someone's lips yeah. on the background. Yep. And I remember that very, very <laughs> clearly. Maybe. And I remember what most of the parts of the cell do. I was going
1: to say, maybe this series didn't work on you because you're like, this novelty's oh. been done before. I saw it. <laughs>
0: Uh, if I were in sixth grade, great series. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Nick, I'm gonna give you a little personal detail about myself. Actually, two. Uh, one, I'm not a good science person. I don't know science at all. So every all the time they start shooting out those words, I was like, too many of these big ones. I'm gonna wash my hands of this and just assume <laughs> you're right. I have no. I'm not gonna offer my support either way on this. Uh, but two. So I have anxiety when it comes to like hearing a heartbeat. I don't know why, like, the sound of, like, a beating heart makes me very anxious. And I've come to realize it might just be thinking about any bodily function that starts giving me anxiety. Because I had a lot of anxiety reading this series. I don't know why, but there's something very uh, nerve-wracking about watching these things have to fight against, like, viruses. And thinking, like, we have to get into the, the fucking the lungs before this all happens. And thankfully, all of it's pretty, like, separate. You don't actually have to, like... It's like they're having like actual space fights inside blood vessels. It's all kind of like created the idea of like, oh, it's almost like a giant factory or something like that. But there is definitely a moment I'm like, oh man, I really hope this <laughs> series ends up being done soon because I have not enjoyed reading this guy. Um, I, I I agree with you. I, I think the honestly the the first series I thought about when I read this is Crimson's the the series about salmon uh, swimming upstream that yeah. we read a very long time ago because it's a way of taking this otherwise natural process and adding a anime influence story. You know, at least Crimson's was a bit more like shown in protagonist adventure kind of story. This one's a little bit more like Moe romance <laughs> story, almost to a certain extent or it's something.
0: You'd to a degree. Yeah. Like it is about white blood cells and the other cells that help defend a body fighting against bacteria and they are fight scenes that happen. Mm. But when you've read the number of Shonen series that we have, <laughs> just saying this fight scene is about blood cells fighting against bacteria is not enough to make me go,
1: oh, okay, cool. You know. It so. I think in a different execution, I could probably enjoy it a little bit more. As that it part of it probably is the series, it's trying to be or or the 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 style of series is trying to be the execution of as you said that kind of very cutesy series that generally doesn't work on me to begin with so you know i didn't immediately get into this one um it's i i think there's fun i actually do enjoy how fucking vicious uh white blood cell is at times because they'll do like a scene of like Don't worry, I've protected you from the virus. And then she looks at him like, heart goes doki doki. And then he'll just turn, he'll just rip out the monster's throat with his teeth. And every time that happens, it gets like a chuckle out of me. But I don't think there's enough substance in the series that really kept me super interested in it. Now, this might be different, though, when it comes to the anime. I've heard some people in the chat are saying maybe the anime plays differently or has different feeling. So that might be something to give it a try there as well. Um, but you know, different strokes to different folks.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, I was disappointed when I read this, but it's not a matter of like, oh, this is shit or anything. It's just it didn't work on me. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of sad that it didn't because uh, it's one of those things that you hear good things about and you hear the idea, and it's like, okay, I think that could be good. And then and when it doesn't work, it's like, mm, it's not like I could say that this needed to be done better this need to be known differently. Although give them fucking names, you assholes. But, um, <laughs> it, uh, just didn't really work on me. And that's really all I can say about it. There's again, a gajillion spinoffs and maybe some of them play differently. Cause I know that this is this uh, franchise that there is like a spinoff in multiple different kinds of magazines too. Uh-huh. So maybe some of them play like, you know, cause I th- cause there's like, a spin off that's about the fucking platelets. And I'm sure that if I read that, I would rip my eyes out. But maybe there's some stuff that focuses on some of the other stuff. There's like one that runs in the same magazine. Maybe there's something that would.
1: Ooh, like rewarding. a sexy one? <laughs> like it's all s- violence. Like, s-
0: I don't know. A more, a less like, hey, kids, this is how we, how the body works. And maybe it's more story driven or something. I don't uh. know. Either way, this did not make me want to check any of those out. Okay. So I think I'm just gonna leave it alone.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I it's um I'm sure there are people who are gonna dig it. Obviously there are just from the fact this was a recommended series, and I could see people mm-hmm. in the chat who are saying they really dig it. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it's not that I'm saying it's bad or anything like that. Um, I personally had a couple issues with it that are centric to my own anxieties that made it a little bit difficult to read. Uh, but even then, you know, that's that's a me thing. So, you know, I'm sure uh, I'm sure a lot of other people might not have that issue at all. And I think it's still pretty fun. Um I, I would say if nothing else, give it at least the first chapter read and see if if like the style is digging for you or watch the first episode and see if it's it's going for you. Because I think if you like that, you're probably going to like the rest of it.
0: It's very episodic, Uh you know different monster of the week kind of thing and usually uh will also introduce like a new character that is essential to getting rid of the monster. Um which I think is one of the reasons why I didn't really care for it. It's the characters I mean I, I, I was banging on like, oh they don't really have names, but also like a lot of them don't really have characters beyond just Here's what they do. Yeah. Here's what they are and here's what they do. And they are kind of put in just that role, which makes sense because like this is a cell in your body and this is the function that it fulfills. Um, And so there, of course, could be a personalization to it, an anthropomorphization to it in order to make it a more appealing thing that you want to pay attention to and follow. But uh, usually the cells in your body don't have complicated backstories is what I'm saying. (laughs) So it makes sense to not see a lot of deep personal stories told with these characters. It's just like, here's an adventure that they go on. And if, yeah, like exactly like you said, if you read one or two chapters and you're like, oh, that seems fun. It is all going to be like that and you will enjoy the whole thing. So. Yep. All right. Also, they beat the final boss because uh, his t-shirt gets stained. So, That was weird.
1: All right. All right. Let's talk about the manga this week, Nick. Yes. So a bit of an odd week because
0: there's a few series that are off here and here and there. Uh, But uh, we'll roll into it. So last time there was a big reveal in uh, My Hero Academia. That uh, Dobby was Toya, and nobody called it. We were all shocked.
1: Yeah, it was. It was uh, nobody had predicted that. So. It's it's funny because I I talked to one of my buds who follows anime and manga, but doesn't you know he doesn't listen to the podcast or anything like that. And one of the series he reads is right here, and I had to ask. Him, I was like, so like I just want to get like an outsider perspective. You don't follow forums or anything like that. Was it a big reveal to you? He's like, nah, that shit was obvious. <laughs> I was like, all right, I just wanted to, I just wanted to get like a better idea.
0: We need to like ask some twelve-year-olds who read my hero if they predicted this, because <laughs> like, like I think because we have to keep in mind because we've been doing this show for God longer than maybe some of the people who read my hero have been alive, Chris.
1: So <laughs> I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are nine-year-olds who read my hero. I, I'm pretty sure one of the older sisters of the girl I mentioned earlier is ten, and she reads my hero. So we're not far so off. There you
0: go. So I think that we do need to keep in mind sometimes, like, I think it was fun when we were, you know, early on talking about like, Oh yeah, everyone saw the whole Toby and Obito thing. But I mean, in defense of that one, that was, a, uh, that was a thing that had been set up like seven years prior or something like that. <laughs> so, uh-huh. Um, But yeah. All right. Uh, So we're continuing this whole thing with Dobby, but that's not the only thing that happens in this chapter. It's, Kind of eventful. So um, we get some more insight into Dobby slash Toya's backstory. Uh, and this is from Endeavor's perspective now. That uh, they he would go training up on Sokoto Peak and the winds were howling that day. The air was dry and it was there that Toya burned to death. They say the fire burned over 2000 degrees Celsius. The body was never found. The bones were reduced to ashes. Only a fragment of his lower jawbone was found. And yet, I kept on thinking that he was not dead because, you know, You didn't want to believe it, basically. (laughs) Because, you see, Chris, Endeavor wasn't really totally 100% a monster to his kids. See. He did actually care care about them while he was abusing them. Um,
1: uh, this is some interesting, like, post
0: uh,
1: introduction like details to get.
0: This is from Endeavor's perspective, which makes me think that maybe he hasn't kind of come all the way around on the whole. Yeah, I was a piece of shit, and I tried to, and I gotta do better now. it's yeah. so, like, oh yeah, I cared about them. <laughs> Then why did you do that?
1: No, you don't understand. You have to push the kids even harder. Like, sometimes you throw beer cans at them, and that just lets them know that they aren't studying math hard enough. You're like, uh...
0: No, I think that just makes you a
1: dad... I think that makes you a shitty dad. He's like, no, no, I I let him have a beer afterwards, so... I'm a hero. So we see here
0: that, so this is kind of odd. So I actually did some, some looking up because it was a weird point that people had like an issue with, which was what the fuck did Dobby do to his hair? Because it was black and then he poured stuff on it and it was white. And so I looked into it because there was some information out there that Toya's hair was crimson the same way that Endeavor's hair is crimson and Todoroki's is half crimson. And so I was like, uh, uh, okay. And so we see in this thing that apparently his hair started off crimson, but over time it was turning white. So when he washed the dye out of his hair, presumably it's all white naturally now um all right what it do, <laughs> this shouldn't matter but there's a canon explanation for it right here so there you go so anyway endeavor says that dobby is stronger than him basically toya's fire is stronger than his even though he doesn't have the frost which would is his actual goal uh and he says that you know Oh, it was actually, you know, Ray that wanted to have more kids, not me who definitely wanted to have that kid who had fire and ice. It's it's, it's weird. It's it I is he is this supposed to be the author saying, "No, no, he's not he's not all bad. He was never all bad." Or is this endeavor justifying this to himself? I don't know. So, it's a weird direction I'd
1: yeah, I mean, we've had quite a while of kind of trying to deal with the story. It, it's tough to say because this this honestly could be the larger part of a, a narrative within My Hero of sort of the disillusionment of heroes and yeah. the humanity behind them and the flaws that come along with it. Uh, but it is kind of odd because Endeavor's flaw is that he was a eugenics person who wanted to uh, pushes kids past any point of you know moral goodness and the other heroes weaknesses were they weren't immune to being shattered by <laughs> death beams basically <laughs> so it's a little bit like up you now but i i get that maybe this is supposed to be like the main crux of that argument going forward is like oh okay so we're gonna see you know heroes actually are humans who aren't so great after all because this guy even past all this, really can't fully admit even that he was a complete shithead in these situations.
0: Yeah, I don't object to the idea that Endeavor cared for his kids. Uh Like, it is possible to believe that you care for someone when you are abusing them. It's... And I, I think that is one of the barriers to people admitting wrongdoing, is that they say, well, but I love them. I'm not, you know, I didn't do that. So, But it's kind of a confusing issue, given what we already know about Endeavor. And part of this whole thing that he says rings truer than the rest. Like when he is ending it and he talks about how He believed that Toya could have been the one to reach All Might and surpass him. And we get that visual again of, like, the canyon separating him from All Might. And he sees, like, a vision of Toya crossing a bridge to him. That part rings truer to me. Him saying, you could have been the one who could have solved all this ugliness in my heart. And that being the note we end on makes it seem like that's the thing he regrets more than Toya actually being dead. So, like it depends on how you think how you read this, how you're going to interpret what Endeavor's reaction in this moment is, and if it's bad writing, or if it's an exposure of Endeavor's true kind of shitty character. So
1: it's weird because if it's the latter I don't know how to like exactly put this into words. But I guess it it basically boils down to the execution is not particularly well done if this is a story that is meant to also be able to be understood by teenagers and kids. Because you have to yeah. do a lot of heavy introspection. And I don't think that necessarily should be a barrier to anything. I just mean, it it, it doesn't feel like there's any sub like i feel like we're not reading subtext we're just trying to understand the text at times mm-hmm. and then sometimes everything else just feels kind of unfocused at a point yeah i
0: think that it is possible to have yeah that subtext but you need to make the text obvious you know like the point the point of what is going on here should be obvious to those kids who are reading this Uh. and then you can have more subtle things going on behind that too but
1: it might also be that we're just not getting the opportunity like we haven't really had a like a big chance for Todoroki to say anything in all this and he should be the proxy for the audience to kind of understand this this situation he is you know the hero that we see this story you know through the eyes of and we haven't really had the opportunity because this has mostly been toya monologuing and endeavor reacting so you know maybe there's a part of it that's that um but at sometimes i also just say like you know maybe these kinds of stories aren't horikoshi's strength either um not you know, trying to be derogatory. It just mean like, you know, these are kind of tough things to, to, you know, effectively nail down.
0: It's a fine balance to strike. And when you're in a, when you're in a genre as blunt as shown in action, that can be kind of difficult uh-huh. to, uh, to do that balancing act. So Endeavor is of course in denial that Dobby is telling the truth because he's like, "Toya's is dead. You're lying. And Dobby's like, Nope. It's the truth! Fuck you, Dad! So. Uh all the villains are also taken a bit aback by this because he didn't say any of this to any of them, which that makes sense. It always always seemed like Dobby has kind of been one to keep his own secrets and have his own stuff going on uh while they're doing other things. Shigaraki at this point is unconscious, and uh Spinner is trying to awaken him because He's the one who can actually order Gigantomachia around. Uh, Dobby also, of course, points out that, yeah, he's, you know, having all this stuff go public. And he says that, hey, you know, if you want to, like, run a, a, a DNA test, I'll give you some blood or, or, or skin or whatever. But uh, the test that I ran myself has already gone public in the, in the video. And, uh, yeah, they're like, yeah. It's a 99.9% match between my DNA and a sample of Endeavor's blood from the Battle of Kyushu, which I think if there's a 99.9% match between your blood and a parent, it means you're not actually parent and child. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're more likely to be Endeavor's sibling, I think, in that case. But anyhow, um, so Dobby's like, I'm sure that some of you don't believe this, so I got to convince you otherwise. Uh, since Endeavor made sure that mom kept having kids. And the fourth was someone that some of you are familiar with. Little Shoto was the successful creation, and he abused that successful creation, and I've seen him do it many times. And we see uh, that uh, the other Todoroki children are getting the news uh, as they're going about their lives at this point. So now the entire family is aware of what's going on. And Dabi states, Endeavor doesn't have any empathy. Uh, he's addicted to the limelight. He wallows in his own small-mindedness and self-importance. Is that the sort of person who should call himself a hero. And then we cut over to the other member of the Todoroki family, the Can't-You-See kid.
1: <laughs> Can't-You-See?
0: <laughs> when they got over to this guy, I was like, oh, of course they're cutting over to the Can't-You-See kids. <laughs> so he's... In basically just as in denial as Endeavour about all of this. Like he can't possibly believe that, you know, the guy that he was cheering on would be this way. Uh but then this was the part that actually took me aback when I was reading the chapter. Uh remember how Dobby was there when twice got killed by Hawks? Yeah, he turns out that <laughs> he was too busy filming that to bother saving the guy. So <laughs> We actually see the point that uh, Hawks stabbed him in the freaking spine and finished him off. And uh, Dobby uses this as basically further, you know, proof that, yeah, heroes are assholes. Uh, uh-huh. They, you know, he, he could he, this villain who was just crying and trying to protect his friends. Yeah, he murdered him in cold blood. And we see that basically while they were on their way on Gigantomachia that Skeptic was splicing together the footage so that this whole thing would go live uh, together. So nice to have that little thing brought in of like, wait a minute, what do you have time to? Oh, right. He's got a professional video editor right there with him. Okay, fair enough. So, Dobby says, oh, this is my present to you, Endeavor. I did some digging into Hawks, the filthy spy, and an curry favor with us. He even killed a hero. The number three hero, best genist, who was recuperating. Carrying out that murder didn't ruffle his feathers in the slightest because violence is already ingrained in his lifestyle, and so it's no wonder. Since his own father was a serial robber and murderer, a villain! That's why... <laughs> All right, more! <laughs> more! <laughs> more reveals! <laughs> so... And it turn- he also says that uh, the person who captured that father fox was Endeavor. So, huh, bit of an interesting connection there.
1: It's it's almost so much of an interesting like interaction that I feel like I need to like go back and see if there's any been if, like, if there's ever been any hint to that because that feels like it should be a relevant enough detail that it shouldn't be tossed in. A pretty long kind of monologue speech instead, yeah, to show that kind of connection between them.
0: Hawks like idolizes Endeavor, yeah, like that was a big thing about him. He like had his action figures a kid and stuff. So, yeah, you would think that that would like, how how does like he make that connection in his head go the other way around? Like, oh, this person who brought my dad in, no, he's a really good person. So, I don't know. Uh, He's not he's going to not going to be awake to tell us for a little while, presumably. (laughs) Uh, Dobby starts ranting for a bit, basically just like, you know, there's all these peoples who just, you know, have all these skeletons in their closet and they cover it up with the mask of justice. They call themselves heroes. They fool everyone. And I just want you all to stop and think the only ones these heroes protected themselves with all the ugliness inside. They use you to give them protection and approval and admiration. And uh, there's a really funny thing that happens because can't you see kids whale friend? I don't know exactly what.
1: Yeah, I think know. he's like a shark kid or something. Yeah, he
0: just goes like, you see, can't you see kids <laughs> like you're his friend? Don't you know his name? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter whether or not. He's telling the truth. That's the question for later. He might be a villain, but people are gonna lose their faith over this. And I hate to see it, but me too. Especially with all this damage and destruction. Anyone witnessing all this would have to be stupid not to lose their faith, right? So. <laughs> so I, I mean, look. He's right! I know <laughs> it's a dramatically appropriate thing to say in a shounen manga. But it's such a weird thing for a teenager to say to his shocked and stunned friend that you're watching the news with. <laughs> so Dobby starts to finally actually go on the attack. He's like, "All right, speech is done." Dives down and uh, endeavor and Todor- Endeavor is basically so in shock and in despair over all of this that he's not even reacting Todoroki's trying to get his attention he's like hey come on we got to move we got to protect the others worry about everything else later but Endeavor's not moving and Dobby uh starts to use the flash fire fist which is a really nice extra kick in the pants that's like yeah I'm gonna use your own signature move against you fuck you dad uh but as he's about to unleash prominence burn suddenly a ton of cables come descending from the sky, and one of them coils around around Dobby. As we get the d- dynamic entry falling from the sky of Best Genus! Hey, that guy in the plane who was Best genus? It was Best genus! <laughs> so another thing happened in this I'm chapter. Just another so person t- showed up at the fight, Chris.
1: <laughs> I'm just so tired. I just wanted to end. Nick, tell him to end it. Um, I don't remember what are best genus powers you can
0: manipulate threads.
1: Does that include cables? Sure. okay, Creative threads. Yeah. Okay. there we go. Um oh man, it like, this is I think a better chapter than the previous one, just in terms of getting some cool motivations out there and there are a lot of pretty big implications uh some people in our discord have been talking about the fact that they're like this might i think my hero might be like irrevocably changed going forward because like almost all of the top 10 are either dead gravely injured or disgraced beyond words right now yeah um, hawks might be able to recover because a big part of the impetus of everything was saying he killed best genus and then best genus showed up i probably would wa- have
0: clears his name
1: I, I probably would have waited <laughs> like, like given a chapter of time for that to process because he's like and hey, best genus is dead he's like no i You're not right. i'm here <laughs> um but I mean, it is like a crazy big thing that you're like, all of these cities are destroyed. Uh, so many countless people are dead. So many heroes are now dead, including those not even in the top 10. Yeah. How would anybody have any faith in anything? But at the same time, it's just like, I don't know. Because like, I've said it several times though. I'm like, Shigaraki needs to die here. He cannot escape from this situation. They cannot retreat. He needs to die the League of Villains storyline needs to end here. There is, They've done the Dobby reveal. I have no more vested interest in this group at this point. But I don't know how we get to that point. And I feel like it is, I, I, I don't know. There's just a part of my mind that's pessimistic and says, we're not going to get like real closure here because I just I I'm I don't know. Maybe it's just this shitty year in general has has conditioned <laughs> me to believe it's just not gonna happen. I'm hoping for the best. I you know ideally they they end it here some kind of conclusion and then I don't know we have to do a time skip or something because there's no more heroes to like really do a story with for a while until these these kids are old enough or something. Uh and then maybe we we find some other thing. I, I just I don't know. I just don't know I want it to end, though, and every chapter continues to kind of, like, pile on this, like, this weight on the shoulders that is reading my hero in the past, like, four months where we you're just like, alright, it's good, but, like, now we're done, right? And they're like, no, 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 just a couple more things.
0: I think that one of two things is going to happen. Either something causes this fight to break up and everyone goes their separate ways and regroups or we wrap up the League of Villains thing here and there is a time skip or the series ends. And I feel like the series probably isn't set to end. Like, I haven't heard anything like, oh, yeah, my hero academia is really close to the conclusion. And like, sure, this fight could go on for an, for another year plus easily. But even then, if it's like, oh yeah, My Hero Academia is going to end in like a year, I think we would have heard about it by now.
1: Considering um, it's what, the se- second most senior series in the magazine at this point?
0: Yes. Yes, it is. And it's very easily one of the most popular series in Jump right now. Um, I feel like we would have heard something by this point about about it ending soon. Mm. So I am leaning increasingly towards the idea that what's probably gonna happen is there's going to be some sort of a time skip. Um every show in an action series does one eventually. It does, yeah. <laughs> um so it just comes down to a matter of like I'm trying to think of like all the seeds that have been planted and what the fuck else there is. Like, cause Best Genus coming back was like the biggest thing I think that there was left. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could, you know, pull out something like, I don't know, maybe Stained or something or other. I mean, he's in jail, obviously, but he seemed to be a He was a very influential character for the short time that he was around. Um, All for one is still alive, even though he's in prison. Maybe he busts out at the end of all of this while everyone's attention is away. And he goes and he starts up a new group or something like that. Uh, And so he starts... Uh, gathering forces <laughs> over the course of a couple of years, and that's what happens to uh, for the next time, Skip. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I'd I'd see, I... I think that we're heading towards a time skip after this is all said and done, because it seems like there's not enough left to leave off for later if we break this up now. The mm. only thing that I could see is Toga getting away because she's not in the fight right at this moment. Mm -hmm. And so she comes back later on. And And I think that Toga is separated enough from all the main stuff that is happening that you could do that with her.
1: You could even have a Splinter group within that, you know, League of Villains. Because, you know, I I guess Mr. Compress could go away. But even Spinner, it feels like they they could potentially do some stuff with him still in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, But as, as a group and a collective, I mean... Yeah, unless there unless there really is a a, a, a traitor in class one A. <laughs> I don't think there's anything any like cards left oh, in I the pocket. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, you thought that I forgot about it. No, 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 no. It's like when people were counting cause Say hello
0: to the traitor Ojiro. <laughs> Who's Ojiro, Chris? Who's Ojiro?
1: Come He's on. the tail guy, right? Yes. Ooh. I just picked the <laughs> most I picked the most unmemorable member in a Superman with him. I was like, "Dale, dude, right?" It's like when one—it's like when One Piece had a uh, Pell say like, "There's only five devil fruits that allow you to fly in the universe," and then it's never been brought up again because eventually Yoda was like, "Ah, shit, this ran for a lot longer than I thought." I didn't even know that was. I I vaguely recall Pell saying something like, "There's only so many flying devil fruits in the world." It was supposed to be a big thing. Never came up again. That's 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 like the same thing here. Just like there's
0: so many, there's so (laughs) many that let you transform into a bird. Though
1: (laughs) I like to think Pell was just really up with himself. He's just like, "There's only five of these in the whole world." Someone was just like, "There's probably more than five, but (laughs) I don't want to take it from him."
0: He had that, like, devil fruit book, the one that Sanji had, and he got to the one that was, like, flying devil fruits. And he's like, oh, wow. And then he didn't read past the first page of the category.
1: He's (laughs) like a third of the book. He's like, this must be the only one in the world. Only one bird. And he closed the book and burnt it. (laughs) He's like, I always burn all my books after I'm done reading. Oh, yeah. Wow. I think Somepee right. I feel like there was a time where there was also supposed to be only like a hundred double fruits or something like that. And then again, <laughs> it was like, I look, like, I didn't know it would go on for 30 years. I didn't know.
0: <laughs> uh. Honestly, the biggest thing that makes me think that we're going to get a time skip and come back is they 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 pushed that whole Deku's gonna learn all the previous Quirks thing. Uh-huh. And AC's going at this series is going to need to run for a few more years. Yes. And we're not going to be on this fight for a few more years. We might be on it for another year, but, (laughs) but you know, uh, and if we finish this fight up, it really doesn't seem like we can just do what we did all the previous times with the villain Alliance. Something big is going to have to happen that shakes up their status quo along with everything else being shaken up. And I think after such a big cataclysmic event, that's a good time to do a, a, a time skip give the world time to recover and then come back after saying all this stuff has changed. Here's where we bring you back to speed.
1: Uh That'd be the right call. Speaking of right calls, Nick, we got to move on. We
0: spent a long time on that chapter, but there was a lot that happened in it. Sorry. So.
1: Right call. Yeah. Right call. We got we got the right call just like the right call being made in Kaiju number eight, chapter 17.
0: Yes. Yes. I mean you can take over if you want to, but I'll I'll do it. But,
1: no, I just meant I, I was doing the okay. well, I mean, now that we've called more and more attention to the segue, it's going to make less and less sense as you think about it. It was just meant to, to be a wave. From... Hey,
0: look, he's 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 combing his hair in that Yeah.
1: With a comb. Good good for you, Haru. Yeah. Smooth it's as silk.
0: Started. Yeah. All right, so um, Reno's not doing very good. <laughs> no, <He's
1: been> sho- <laughs> he, he took a couple shots.
0: He's got some holes in his stomach. Uh, he's still just kind of like, OK, this is what I need to do. That's his mindset still, which is I need to bind my wounds and keep fighting because I'm still alive. The fight's not over. The humanoid Kaiju is kind of shocked that Reno can still move. So he says, you know, this is kind of difficult, you know, killing off a human's motor functions without actually killing them. So, hmm, it seems that his goal is not actually to kill them for some reason. Uh, it's what, I- Igao? Fuck, what's this guy's name? The other guy with Ichikawa. Uh, Iharu. Yes, yes. Iharu tries to shoot the humanoid uh, kaiju, does nothing. Uh, he finger guns him a little bit and then goes over to Ichikawa and point blank blasts him in the back for some reason um, and just occasionally does it. He's just like, I guess, gradually increasing it so that he can, I guess, knock him out without killing him. Uh, so I've already forgotten his name. <laughs> Iharu. <laughs> yeah.
2: What
0: was it? Iharu. <laughs> Uh, picks up his gun again and he's like God, I, I can't let, let let this end here, Reno's amazing he's going to make captain someday for sure and I'm not going to let this just end here, he tries to fire the gun but um, the gun is broken I'm not sure if it gets a hole blasted in, in that very moment or if it's just been damaged during the course of the fight, but it does not work so the humanoid uh, Kaiju's like Look, I've almost gotten this one down, and I don't need you anymore. So he extends his hand towards him. So presumably, he is going to try and capture Ichikawa for some purpose or another. Uh But he only needs one person. So kill the spare kind of thing. Yep. So Ihara drops to his knees because he's got no weapons. He's got no way of fighting the guy. And he just starts praying. And he just says to himself, please, God. No, it can be a demon or even the devil himself for all I care. Please save Reno, and then he says aloud, "Please save my friend." So, aww,
1: it's a aww, little too so much cool. to be like save, save my friend. They've they've no, they've been cool with each other for about forty five seconds so far. Friends, <laughs> friends Chris. best friends. Yeah, friends
0: uh, <laughs> we've got, we've got matching bracelets, and and they went they went on holiday together and and stuff.
1: Remember all, all the, the good line. times we shared, like when save I found. <laughs> they best friends. <laughs> remember all the good times we shared? Like, when I found out you could dodge that thing's uh, shots, and then that time when I came back, because I decided I wouldn't leave you, and then, uh, well, I guess I wanted to do three, but the only other memory I have is you not killing him and then getting shot full of bullets. So don't remember that one as much. <laughs> uh,
0: the humanoid uh, Kaiju's arm starts swelling up, and he's like, you can die now. But then... All of a sudden, Kafka appears behind him and says, the only one dying here is you, dirtbag. And he punches
1: him. It is a supremely cool two-page spread. And it is very satisfying. Uh... It's so much more worth it, though, for the next page of the punch, though. I don't know why. Like, I was like, that page is cool. But for some reason, I guess because in my mind, this dude's just made of, like, fucking sponge and mushroom and that like that weird mushroom texture that I'm like, I don't know. The satisfaction of this dude being punched hard enough that he loses a tooth is very funny to me.
0: <laughs> well, that happens. And then I was with the guy's body is sent flying. We see him going, what just happened? I can see my own body. Aw, oh, I guess my head got knocked off. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's all the luck. Aww. Kafka goes over to Ichikawa's side. Ichikawa is upset because he couldn't prevent Kafka from transforming uh, as Kafka picks him up, bridal style. <laughs> and of course this freaks out Iaru's like, got another humanoid kaiju.
1: Hey, but, buddy, uh, you prayed to the devil or whatever for some kind of... Oh, man, I hope it's this, this thing where he's like, Satan exists. Like, that becomes his new character trait. He's like, I prayed to Satan and he brought a monster to save my friend. <laughs> More dark rituals for the Dark Lord. The
0: scientists come to try and dissect Kafka. And he's like, no, no, that's the devil. I prayed <laughs> to the devil and he appeared.
1: <laughs> you need to k- cleanse him with holy water first. What are you doing? <laughs>
0: And then kaiju goes, ah, it burns. Uh. <laughs> ah,
1: <laughs> no, it hurts right. the devil.
0: Ah, uh, the kaiju, don't take me apart. So this does not finish off the humanoid kaiju who just grows his head back <laughs> like you do. As you do. Uh, and, he's, and he says that he's pushing himself up. So you're the one. You're kaiju number
1: eight. Ooh, tile drop! that's the second time we had a tile drop didn't they do it at the start didn't they I say so. he was he was the eighth they kaiju had, that showed up yes. kaiju number eight yeah
0: that was what uh uh hoshino was looking for yeah was uh th- he was designated kaiju number eight but uh somehow also the humanoid kai- kaiju knows about this
1: so. yeah it's yeah. interesting i mean we 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 have the original context there was some weird fly thing that that you know, found him and was like, hey, I'm going to, you know, you know." now you've become this, this humanoid kaiju thing. And then knowing that in this, a humanoid kaiju is trying to kidnap members of the security force alive. It does kind of pose a question of like how much of this creation of humanoid kaijus is intentional.
0: Mm hmm. Maybe specifically look, looking for people with the, the potential. Right, the right potential, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, Nick. But we'll find out eventually.
1: Yeah, we, we, we've we spent enough time on all the rest, so now it's time to talk about the best. Let's talk about Eden Zero, Chapter 119, Homora versus Mora. I didn't
0: have the input on deciding on that tangent. Uh, uh, I don't know if I approve of this designation <laughs> we have given to this series in general.
1: <laughs> no, nope, nope. As you'll come to find out, that's absolutely definitely the way this series should be viewed. Uh, our cover page is Shiki playing uh, clean. And uh, I don't know what this is. It looks like uh, fantasy hologram chess, but it follows like the tennis match point system rules so i don't know it looks like shiki's losing though probably because he's an idiot anyway we opened the chapter with the group we're on their their spaceship so laguna chris and clean and they're told by Witch, like hey you guys need to stop worrying about all the forces down here you need to help with the main force that's going out into space and Weiss is just like no we don't need help and Tarmit's like yes we do shut up <laughs> so uh All of the other characters are like, yep, we're going to help. And I guess that's supposed to be kind of a moment because Weiss didn't trust them, but they're all loyal and going to serve at their side. So there's that. Anyway, the rest of the chapter is about Homura, who's in a very intense fight with Mora, whose name I would not have known if it was not in the chapter title. So that's a fun little bit of trivia for you. Um, He uses his glue, he grabs onto a log, throws it at Amora, and she dodges it, and then he uses the still-on-it tendril to, like, swing it again so she cuts it in half. And you're almost like, I would have just cut it to begin with, but whatever. Uh, They share a couple blows. She has this stupid line where she's like, I will not be defeated by one who cannot understand that androids have hearts. And Amora's like, fucking lame. (laughs) Then Amora... Changes her swords, so no longer does she have one katana, she has claws, tiger claws, that she calls them five-sword fencing, tiger form, which is confusing because there are six swords, but I don't know. Anyway, she then uses the tiger six claw strike, adding further confusion to what she calls it the five-sword fencing style. Uh, but the more is like: look, I could turn myself into glue, you can't cut me, it doesn't matter. And uh, he basically does, like, a gum-gum attack. Like, he, he literally just, like, kicks her with his glue foot, like, lifts her into the air, and then slams her down. And I was like, all right, that's kind of a cool move. Um, she cuts off some of the glue, and then immediately... Mora just starts becoming a fucking hero villain who's just like, oh, you know what I really like? I like seeing the face of someone who's truly looks like they're miserable. Their faces, you know, humans are what I want to break. I want to break them if I'm going to break anybody. It's got to be human. The fear and despair on their faces they die is the best feel. Let me see it. Let me see that face. And you're like, oh boy, I uh, I need to t- flip down the calendar from the last time hero had a villain who was, uh, weirdly sadistic and creepy about every, um, hold on. Zero. <laughs> yeah, just flip it down. I'm like, you know what? I shouldn't have bought those double-digit add-ons to the calendar. <laughs> they have never left their plastic crap. <laughs> uh, Hamora tries to, like, pierce through him, and he's like, I told you, it won't work. I could turn into glue. And then there's, like, a weirdly fetishy sot as he turns to glue and, like, burns her and it lands on her tits, and I know that, like, candle wax on body is supposed to be kind of erotic. I don't think hot glue is supposed to, like, be the same thing, because in my mind, I'm just like, she's going to have really painful third-degree burns now, like, really, really painful ones, but, you know.
0: Yeah, the point of wax is that, like, as soon as it is that because it melts at the point, that you know the candle reaches it it then hardens immediately after it's away from the flame Mm -hmm. so it only burns you for a second that's why it's used that way so just because it's hot liquid that drips onto a naughty bit does not mean that it's immediately
1: sexual nope nope so. nick you're supposed to jerk off to this too that is uh part and parcel yeah, of getting to full eden zero experience uh, nick have you not I been see. jerking off to most chapters of eden zero because that is detrimental to the viewing experience i believe
0: i mean i did jerk off when uh they murdered that robot three pages after <laughs> his introduction um that was a pretty good
1: one so. we, we, we all jerked off there it was fun to admit that <laughs> We all know that was the hottest moment oh, in man, 00. Oh man, after that one, point. I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. Anyway, Hamura figures out his weakness. She kicks him with a bunch of sand and the sand sticks to him because he's glue. And she's like, "There, I'll just cover you in so much shit that like you won't be able to move." And he's like, "That won't work because I could just not be glue." And she's like, "Yeah, gotcha." And then she just cuts him up a lot and. This is, I think, supposed to be like a really satisfying moment, but it's not really because Mora sucks and he's dumb and he just kind of sat there in his not glue form for like a minute gloating, apparently. (laughs) Like I was like, why would not you just turn back to being glue once you got everything off? I don't know. Anyway, Hamora has the instant classic line. It seems the instant you cease to be glue, you were stuck by my blades. And I'm like, I don't
0: get that. that, That's not
1: good. that, good That line maybe, hopefully, makes more sense in Japanese, because I'm like, I don't know, blades don't normally stuck people, so well, you know what? He's, like, dead anyway, so I guess you could say whatever you want. (laughs) No one's around to judge you. Uh, And that's the end of the chapter. She gives him, like, the, you know, I guess the face you'd want to see is the one you have right now, so.
0: Honestly, that part is actually kind of cool, where, you know, he's like, show me that face of utter despair, and she's like, Hey, that, you're making that face you wanted to see. So go look in the mirror, buddy. She's yeah. like, so it's like, all right, that's pretty good. Um, I like that. Um, but yes, this chapter is dumb. Uh, you know, th- this makes me think, because I, because even before I read this chapter, Chris, I was wondering about. Um, so you remember the way that you disable uh ether gear? Yes. Yeah?
1: Mm-hmm. You bind people's it's, hands up.
0: You know who else loses their power when you bind their wrists?
1: Uh, swordsman.
0: Well, yes, but uh, and I was thinking in terms of superpowers, but
1: oh, geez. Wonder Woman. Yes. Uh, so, which specifically grown- was for the BDSM fetish? As uh, well, not fetish per se. I think at that time it was supposed to be considered therapy of some sort. But regardless, that was ex- for the express purpose of BDSM as the end goal.
0: Yes, uh, the author, the creator of Wonder Woman, in fact, was like unashamedly into BDSM, and said that like <laughs> it was crazy because I looked up information about it because I was wondering like, I wonder if there's like a link between the Ether Gear thing and Wonder Woman specifically. So I did some research into Wonder Woman and like the guy was very feminist. And, you know, the idea was that, you know, her arms being bound by a man was like, you know, that's the bad thing that happens, you know, is the woman being having her power taken away by the man. But also he was like, he said that BDSM was a noble practice Uh because it has to do with surrendering yourself to another person. And he's like, only when you everyone feel knows that being able to surrender themselves to another person is greater than freedom. Well we have world peace, basically, which was I don't know, he was he was very, very out there. Um so all that stuff that has to do with, you know, that that makes Wonder Woman this very sexualized character. There is a whole philosophy behind it in term and there's a there's a feminist thing that goes in element that goes into it. And also it was something that happened 80 years ago yes. it was her creation. When I read Eden Zero and there's all this stuff about girls getting their hands bound uh, and losing their power, um, I don't get any of that, Chris. I get just BDSM is sexy, so I'm going to have a BDSM plot in my manga, which I'm mostly okay with. Until I think that, like, this is, like, read by 12-year-olds. Like, <laughs> I'm
1: just... Look, you gotta sexually it, awake kids at some time, at some point in time, all right? They all have to go through it, right?
0: <laughs> Whatever. So, <laughs> I, it's just a little bit odd to just kind of occasionally read something and be like, yeah, the author is just kind of, like, into this stuff, and I'm just kind of reading their fetish book, and okay, so... <laughs> it,
1: again, it's one of those things where... It wouldn't be so much of an issue if he just made porn. Like, I'm not trying to be like, you shouldn't kink shame. How dare you think hot wax on a, a, a naked body is, is erotic? How d-? Like, I don't have any issue with that. No. It's just one of those things where you're like, I don't know, man, maybe you should tell a fucking good story as opposed to just like <laughs> fucking drawn titties being bound up and have wax dribbled on them every other chapter or whatnot.
0: It's in that weird zone where... Like so, shonen manga is this kind of place, is this kind of category where like you just kind of expect to see like sexualized women, just kind of like there, you know, as like part of the dressing because like young guys, a lot of the young guys who read these series are into that, and so they're like, yeah, like I like that, and so they, they'll like pay for the colored art and all that stuff, and that's fine. It's just that when you've got that kind of, I'm writing it for this demographic. The more extreme you get, the more you just kind of want to get the person to be like, just can you just tell me that you're doing this because BDSM is hot and you think it's hot? Can you just tell me that? Because you put the women in the swimsuits and you're like, isn't this hot? And it's like, I mean, if you're into that, yes, it is. But you're not saying, hey, isn't this BDSM hot? You're saying like, oh, yes, it's 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 because the ether gear is disabled when they're when their arms are bound. And then it's like, yeah, he's dripping the hot glue onto her breast because it's it's painful, yeah,
1: yeah, it's, it's like, gonna burn, ooh, but not, it won't leave scars, like the like the third <laughs> degree burns of like straight up burning glue would if you did it, but uh, no, ether gear covered her body, so it, it protected most of the damage, just turned a little, uh, you know what? Whatever, what keeps them hot? What we'll keeps them hot? I'll write it in. So it's just like.
0: Can you just be a little more honest with what you're doing? That's all. That's all I really want, basically. Yep. It, it feels like an insult to my intelligence to have to pretend like, oh, no, it's not. It's not.
1: <laughs> you mean like that thing for like 15 year olds do where they write their fetishes into their story and they try to like explain it as part of the universe? Or you're just like, I yeah. don't know, man, if you're into that shit, just fucking uh, write porn. I don't <laughs> like you can give me
0: an in- you can give me an in universe explanation for why this happens in the plot. But be upfront about the fact of why you're actually doing it. That's all I ask. You
1: know. Yeah. Anyway, Chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Jack- someone, someone gave a great example: Hideo Kojima and Quiet in fucking Metal Gear Solid, where his thing was like, he was like, I want a character who could never be cosplayed, and then he created a character in bikini and pantyhose. And I was like, what was about this that was to be so hard <laughs> to cosplay?
0: And then he's like, her skin needs to breathe, that's why.
1: Oh, that was the dumbest fucking... I, you know what? I don't know enough about Metal Gear. Maybe there's a context in the world that that works, but that sounds like the dumbest explanation ever.
0: You know, actually, I kind of like his explanation more, because at least with that one, he was basically like, yeah, girls, you want not cosplay as this?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Th- well, that's... But that's. you won't. He's put- yeah, he's putting the horny on Front Street with that one, like, you know... <laughs>
0: I kind of have more respect for that because it's just like...
1: Uh, so, <laughs> I don't see you're going for. Scroll dude saying in the context of the world it makes no sense because there's another character with the same thing and he wears a full camo suit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there was only one like clothing in the store and he got there first and then she got there she's like well i guess i'll just wear what i have on now and it just happened to be a bikini are like, and why I are yields. you just
0: like in your bikinis i have to be
1: to be hidden <laughs> I, Shut do, up. I can't breathe otherwise <laughs> you know what right. if, she, if she said that to me i'd be like you know what all right <laughs> i don't know what else to say so carry on Chainsaw
0: Man, chapter 93, you and crappy movies. So last time we saw all the news stories about people on the street like, yeah, I love Chainsaw Man. He protects people. So cool. I've got his mask and all that stuff. Denji is surprised by this as he's glued to the TV watching it all. He's actually pulled to tears when he sees a girl hold up a sign that's like, Chainsaw Man, go out with me. And he's like, I'm popular with women. They love me. And <laughs> he's taking a nap in his chair. And he's just like, "You be quiet. Just pipe down. Just <laughs> <laughs> not give a shit <laughs> All about what's happening." And uh, so Denji says, he just gets like really, really relatable. Honestly, <laughs> he's just like. I'm just sick of just eating toast with jam. I want like steak for breakfast every morning, and I know I shouldn't, but I really just like I want, I want stuff. Like (laughs) I want, I want women. I want, I want five girlfriends, ten girlfriends. I want them. (laughs) I want to get my dick wet.
1: Yeah, I'm like, you know what, man? Fucking announce your shit. (laughs) You should be. And Kobani are just both kind of, like, staring Uh. down awkwardly
0: at tentu I says all this. And then he's like, that's why I want to be Chainsaw Man. And then it's, like, big full-page spread. Oh, yes, the full-page spread where our hero has just announced, like, I want to have so much sex. That's why I have to be the hero. (laughs) This is such a weird manga.
1: It is a very weird series.
0: So Kishibe just kind of like glares down at Denji for a few seconds and then he's like if you're if you draw attention to yourself you're asking to get killed by Makima. If you turn into chainsaw man, she will kill you. She'll hear and she'll come for you and she'll kill you. So he just kind of like settles back into his chair. Leaves Denji to think about this. Kobeni goes to sleep too. She just falls asleep against the wall. She's I'm so bad for her. She
1: has had a rough day. Uh, at this point, I think I'd fall asleep in a like rough. a yeah. I'd fall asleep in a trash can if I needed to.
0: And she keeps watching the TV, watching footage of himself being awesome and stuff. And he's like, "I want to be, I want to be chainsaw man.
1: How can I kill Ms. Machumas? I can do. I do love his soft process." <laughs> I want to be chainsaw
0: man so I can get my dick sucked I, can better, I can better kill Maki, Maki. <laughs> How do I kill that woman so I
1: can have sex
0: <laughs> God Okay how do I do this Oh, it's, uh, I can't just swing my chainsaws Around like crazy Okay I've been watching her all this time And talking to her so uh, There's got to be something some sort of weak spot Think Denji think Rock your crappy brain oh, My turn to crap brains Even more jumbled now though After everything that's happened And then he starts thinking about his happy memories with Makima, hanging out with her and going to eat and and her laughing and stuff. And he acknowledges, you know, even after what she did to me, I still like Ms. Makima. Over to a big old graveyard. Uh Um, There are many, many, many headstones. I
1: I believe that this is the, the Japanese gun devil memorial field. I feel like I feel like they established a gra- a graveyard for that.
0: Um and he just goes out there and his chainsaw not his not his full chainsaw man thing, just you know, his his chainsaw devil appearance. It and starts just...
1: as the chainsaw man thing, because he has the four arms. Does he? Yeah, he has the forearms, at least in the first panel. Or maybe he's not. Never mind. I guess he's not. I thought he was perching onto Chainsaw Man arms, and then had That'd his arms cool. up. That's what I thought it was, but now looking at it, it's just one arm.
0: Uh, he's perched in one of the headstones as Makima and her uh, her devil brigade uh, come in. And, uh, there are a lot of people with her. Lots and lots of people. Uh, but all of the, uh, the devils that Denji killed before, they're all fine now, which makes sense. Give them some blood. They're they're going to go again. And uh, so Makima comes up to Denji and she's like, oh, you look feeble now. Did you come here just to die for me? And Denji says to her, Ms. Makima, in this ultra awesome, perfect world you're going to make, will there still be crappy movies? And Makima looks at Denji and she gets disappointed. She says, why did you turn back into Denji? Well, you know, why aren't you Chainsaw Man? But he doesn't say anything, so eventually she just says, I believe the world would be better if bad movies ceased to exist. So Denji carefully takes this under consideration, and he says, "Guess I gotta kill you after all Then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. I do like that he's just like, You bitch, you would get rid of Sharktopus? He's like, I have to kill her now uh makima
0: says this appearance of yours and the things you say are unworthy of chainsaw man i find you disagreeable and a bunch of crows or ravens blackbirds fly off into the sky as we get the sickest goddamn two-page spreads (laughs) this is good Right up at the top of my list of, like, best toupee spreads of the year, it's Makima flanked by her devils, and at the far left of the image is Denji's chainsaws revving up as the sound effect goes across the top of, of, the, of the pages.
1: It and kind is... of looks like a chainsaw chain as well.
0: Yeah, it looks
1: so cool. It's so awesome. <laughs> I would probably like this one more if we hadn't seen Denji as chain the full Chainsaw Devil like clown all of these guys like five chapters ago. But this is still a pretty cool visual because now we know it's actual Denji in there not just the Chainsaw Man Devil or whatever it's called. It's just going off of instincts and stuff. Mick, remember last week where I was like, alright, well it looks like Chainsaw Man's not ending immediately. Well, I... <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. I have no idea. I should just stop saying things. Because <laughs> stop trying to predict it. Yeah, immediately I was like, "All right, I guess we're gonna we're gonna take a break and eventually move back." No,pe. All right, he's going right back to challenge the final villain again. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna be in for a, a pretty climactic next chapter. So you yeah, know, who knows?
0: I have no idea where the manga is going. I've given up on trying to guess. Um, but, uh, hey, it's a cool moment and, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. we'll see where this goes. Maybe, it, maybe, you know, the way that Chainsaw Man's last several months have gone, maybe Kishibe will just show up and grab Denji by the arm and they'll run away immediately.
1: He, he like, might. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anything can happen. There's not too many people left to help. So who knows? All right, Chris, um... So we got to have another talk. Okay. Is this about so, me? Is this about me not putting the toilet seat no. down? Okay. No, uh,
0: you don't. What? <laughs> All right. <let's>
1: <laughs> so
0: this is going to be one of two series that are debuting uh, in jump uh, for this rotation. Uh, it's a series called Build King by Mr. uh creator of Toriko. So um not going to have I very very quickly the gimmick of of this it, it's you know it's a very you know shonen adventure story the gimmick is carpentry and making buildings
2: mm.
0: and uh, our main character is no good at actually making buildings his adopted little brother is talented at making buildings uh, and our main character uses a hammer to beat stuff up uh, so he handles the fighting. His little brother handles the building. It's very Toriko handles the hunting. Komatsu handles the cooking kind mm-hmm. of dynamic. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff that has to do with how the purpose of constructing a building is to provide safety. So that's what our main hero does. He, he may not build literal buildings, but he can build a piece by eliminating danger with yeah. his fighting. It took me a while to actually read this chapter. Um, And so when uh, we kind of made the announcement of like, yeah, we'll read, we'll cover a little bit of Bill King, and then we'll just kind of, you know, figure out where we want to go from there. Um, It, of course, had to do with the fact that Shimabukuro uh, has this history, uh, unfortunately, where uh, there was a series that he did before Toriko, uh, that he was writing in jump uh, when he was arrested for having sex with a 16 year old woman that he paid as a uh, common He basically got a sex worker who was underage to have sex with him. Uh, and it was something that he admitted to having done multiple times. And he never went to jail for it. It was a thing where like his sentence was basically postponed as long as he didn't get into any more trouble, which he has not uh, in the nearly 20 years since. It was something that we both knew about when we were covering Toriko for the show. Mm-hmm. And it was something that we were just kind of like, yeah, we don't you know. We can judge this on his own merits. We don't have to think about the author, op- what he did and stuff like that. And we're different people now than we were back then. Um, this is something that I think we both kind of take into consideration more now. And uh, also just the timing in terms of the stuff that happened with Matsuki, the actage author, a few months ago. And now this series with this author who had a very well publicized incident happen that he never actually apologized for the... it's it's um, unfortunate timing. And uh, I had a really hard time starting reading this because I kept on thinking, oh, this is the guy who did the thing. When I started reading it, I was, I eventually got to a point where I was like, this is actually pretty good. Um, it's not amazing, but it's pretty good and I could see it being a good series. But every time that I'm going to try to read a chapter of this, if I do, I'm going to have a hard time starting reading it because that's what is in my mind. Um, so I don't think we're going to read any more of this. Uh, well, you might, but I don't think we're going to cover this on the podcast anymore after this, because I don't think I can read this series
1: that's and fair if
0: you're able to if anyone out there i'm not saying don't read this or anything like that but i personally don't think i can and that's it so
1: yeah i mean that that is ultimately where it comes down to um there's a level of discussion that that probably needs to be said about what jump was is kind of willing to do you know we we may be happy that Actage got the decision it did, uh, but there's other circumstances that suggest that wasn't entirely what they would have wanted to do anyway, that they might have found some way to salvage the series, if not other mitigating circumstances, partially the the artist herself saying, I don't want this to continue, uh, basically saying, like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll put this down. Uh, but... Uh, if anything is evident, I mean, uh, you don't have to look further than the fact that Jump still employs and pays Watsuki, so, you know, there's there's definitely an issue there. I understand that uh, in the court of scales, people will say what Shimabokuru did is maybe not as bad because paying for sex still implies a level of consent, but when you consider underage workers and the sex industry as a whole... There's a lot of mitigating circumstances that would might suggest it may not really entirely be consensual, at least not to the same extent you're probably thinking. So I understand there are a lot of issues there. Um, it's a weird situation where it's like, yeah, I read this chapter. I thought it actually was pretty good for the most part. I mean, at the start, it was Toriko 2 to an annoying degree. Very much. Where you're just like... <laughs> They're like, hey, the whole gimmicks buildings, let's have fucking, I'm going to go inside your house and have, I'm going to have screw tea. And I'm just like, I don't understand. Like, you're still just dropping a screw into hot water. Like, (laughs) like, are screws edible in this world or what? (sighs) Mmm, tetanus. Mm. But, you know, it all came down to the heart. The same way Toriko managed to capture the the feeling of... um, how food brings people together and how it brings enjoyment i think this series at least in this first chapter has managed to capture the feeling of how home provides this safety and the idea that these two kids were unable to feel any safety on this dangerous land until they finally had a home of theirs and the first peaceful night of sleep i'm like that's great i i i don't want to Absolutely come to the extent of like Shimmer Bogro is a bad guy and must be exempt for it. Because I, I truly I don't know enough. I, I have a lot of issue finding information. Talk about it. I was gonna say, I don't know if he's ever made any kind of public statement. It's probably not in his best interest to make it, yeah. unfortunately. Um and I'll still read Build King on the back end, just because at this point it's easier for me to. Like read anything, uh, although actually, I might have to reconsider that because I did find out from Jeff recently that your yep. clicks actually do go to the individual person, mm-hmm. so that might be at to be something to reconsider. All right, um, pirate. Oh, one <laughs> exception. No, no. no. Um, you know it's it's a it's a messy situation. It's a shame. I think Shemaburku is a talented manga, but at the same time, it's you know. The standards we're trying to create kind of have to be applied at some kind of equal level. And without knowing more or hearing anything to the the contrary, you know, it's it's the situation is as it is.
0: Yeah, um, you mentioned like, you know, whether something is, you know, better or worse. I mean, I think that I'm very comfortable with saying like, yeah, I think that Tatsumatsuki's crime was worse than shimabukuro's um And, you know, I'm willing to say to myself, like, okay, I don't conclude that Shinbukuro is is a bad person because he did that. Uh Um, I, you know, maybe he may, (laughs) he got some sex workers, maybe he didn't even know that they were underage. I don't know. Um, But I also know that I don't know enough to be comfortable with a financially supporting his work and be encouraging others to financially support his work at this point. Uh, if you were out there and you say, and you're like, Oh, well, I like this chapter and I'm not going to keep on reading it. If you know the facts of the situation and you are comfortable with that, I'm not going to have any judgment against you. Honestly, I think that I could see someone being able to look past it because, Hey, I did for years before yeah um,
1: it's it's worth noting i don't noting.
0: feel ashamed of like that we covered torico it's not like oh i feel so bad that we did that or anything like that i think it's in a gray area
1: that was i say we and... we can't not admit to the fact that we covered torico for almost the mm-hmm. entirety of its run and it helped to the popularity of the show i mean you know we can't ignore that fact no yeah. and i don't
0: like i don't look at that and be like oh i wish i did that we hadn't done that it's like no i don't i don't really feel that way i just acknowledge that like I'm less comfortable with that now than I was then. Um, there is, in terms of the Shonen jump side of things, it's one of those things where it was kind of like, when they addressed the Matsuki situation the way that they did, uh, where they handled the way that it was like, that was the only right option, I feel like. It did kind of make you think, okay, maybe things are a little different now, but with this, it kind of brings you up to like, no, the reason why things went down the way that they did is that they looked at the situation and they made a business decision and sure. Yes. Usazaki's uh, sensei's input into that definitely probably played a big role it would have been more difficult to go forward with the series with both members not available as opposed to having at least one of them. But it brings to mind, uh, a scene that doesn't get as much attention as a lot of others in it, uh, from fight club where, uh, oh gosh, what's Edward Norton's Tyler Durden. Yes. Yeah. Well, but Edward Norton breaks down for this woman he's on a plane with, What his job is, which is risk assessment and the decision making that goes into whether or not they will, uh, you know, report a problem with 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 a a part that could cause a car to crash, which is they multiply the likelihood of it times the number of incidents that will occur times the amount of damages and then they're like, and how much will we pay for each lawsuit versus How much will it cost us to replace this? And if one is higher than the other, then that's the one that they go with. And that's just it. It is purely how much money do we have to spend on this to make it not happen versus how much money do we stand to lose? And that is it. And I think that that is the primary driving factor for them on this, which is how recent is the situation people are concerned about? How much bad press are we going to get for it? And is it worth us taking up this series? And it's a lot easier for you to justify hiring back a person with a proven successful track record who has stayed out of trouble since the uh, much less extreme incident that happened years ago versus a guy that got arrested for a more extreme incident a few months ago and might not cut out of jail for a while. Uh, So that's the situation that they, that I think they look at it with. And so there you go. So.
1: Yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to stay on this topic for too much longer. No, um, the, just the fact that we have like half the recaps still left to go, but uh, yeah, I, if you wanted the the quick thoughts on build King, it seems like it might be a fine series. Uh, you're going to have to make the decision for yourself, whether or not you want to read it, knowing that if you have a Jump subscription, a portion of your subscription money will go, To Shimmer if you do that, Uh, I don't judge anybody if they do. We obviously did it for years, so you know, make that make that choice for yourself. All right, let's talk about Magushan, Chris. God, (laughs) I wish we had any fucking better chapter in the world to continue that conversation from. God, fuck, can we not just skip over to we never learned so at least be angry at boobs or something? (laughs) Oh, Christ.
0: you had a problem with this chapter? Did you not have a problem with this chapter, Chris? Or uh, what?
1: I, what do you want me to say about this chapter, Nick? What do you want me to say about Magu-chan for 90% of the chapters?
0: Magu-chan <laughs> got chunky, Chris. <laughs> it's chapter 20 of Magu-chan. Autumn training. Ruru's upset because she's a bit hev- That she, she's a bit heavier now. Uh, she checks her way on the scale. Meanwhile, Magu has... He's huge. Like, he looks like a giant ass now, literally. And he's very happy with himself because he's got he's getting bigger because he thinks that this means he's going to get to his true form eventually. And Ruru's is like, we need to go outside and work out. And Magu's like, no, I don't want to get rid of all this amazing bulk. There's more of me to worship. <laughs> and uh, so it's a big workout thing. Uh, all of the gods end up gathering together because they need to, to, to work out. Ruru wants to work out. Uh, Ren is trying to drag Naputiku along to work out and stuff. And uh, they end up uh, getting in drill sergeanted by Uneris. And... Magu just cheats at all the exercises because somehow all of his bulk translates into springiness, which means that, like, whenever he has to do push ups and squats and crunches, he just kind of wobbles around. So, none of us having any effect on him. Meanwhile, Naputiku is getting really upset because Magu is beating him at all the exercises by wobbling around. Unaris has a ninja obstacle course. Because, uh-huh. I don't know, it's it's straight out of, like, Sasuke or Ninja Warrior or any of those shows. Yeah, it's somehow. specifically,
1: I think, supposed to be Sasuke, isn't it? Because they're like, it's named yeah, after a legendary ninja, good. yeah, or something like that.
0: So, um, Onaris demonstrates... No, no, not Onaris, Izuma demonstrates uh, what they're supposed to do. Naputsuku tries to rush through the obstacle course and he immediately falls on the first obstacle because he's Nabutsuku and failures in his nature magu bounces around through the obstacle course very very easily and like even when like arrows are shooting at him he just absorbs them and doesn't care because he's Nipu- he's magu manuku and he ends up conquering the course and is like praise me because he's magu nabooku is upset he says to Onaris. Hey, you can make my body fit with your providence, right? So give me a magical item. I'll give you my wages for it. Oh, I'll barf up his his paycheck. And so Neris gives him a po- sports drink. Sports drink.
1: On mm-hmm. mm-hmm. well, the same the day, it? a Mets player was banned for the rest of the year for <laughs> doping during the season. It's the way to go, Chris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it works for the Mets, it works for everybody. So that's a sports joke. The Mets are terrible and have been for a very long time.
0: Putuku gets wall. He looks. He's looked like Patrick Star for this whole series. Now he looks like Patrick from that one episode where he and SpongeBob wrestled. Uh-huh. And he's very pleased with himself. But he's like, "I'll crush you now, Naput Get a load of this!" And he starts charging towards him, and Muck responds by firing his I-beam at him. That's the only way it could go. Yeah. But my gods. Magu expended his energy by shooting the I-beam, which means that he's shrunk down to his original size, and so he's upset about this, and he curses Nupusku for this. (laughs) Uh, Ruru is happy that Magu has lost weight, and he's like, there is no reason to celebrate. I have lost the body I worked to enlarge. But Ruru's like, yeah, but now that you're nice and small, you can ride in my head again. Which is cute. Yep. Uh, They go home. And the next day, Ruru's like, I haven't lost any weight, Magu-chan. How are you going to diet? And Magu's like, I do not understand. It is natural you would gain weight after increasing in height. And Ruru's like, huh, I guess I didn't get to talk. Here. And then she immediately goes back to like eating her, her treats and stuff like that. And Magu's like, foolish human. And then Naputuku goes jockey with Ren. Yep. I thought this chapter was actually very funny, so...
1: I think it's a little cute at the very end where it's like, no, you're not gaining weight. You're getting taller. It's a little cute little sentiment. Uh, Otherwise, though, this chapter is not bad. This chapter was death to follow that previous conversation with. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Great transition. I was like, oh, man, I need something of substance. (laughs) You
0: know, the seriousness of like, you know, Acknowledging the wrongs that an author commits in real life. Anyway, Magu-chan. Magu-chan.
1: Magu-chan was mildly cute this week. Not so cute that you'll have a conversation about it. Just let that thought just dwell on your mind for a little bit. Like, oh, God. Can't Can't we talk about Kirisu's butt Let's have, Chris, let's
0: have a very serious conversation now that we've been prompted by this chapter to talk about the healthy ways to lose weight. You can't just be too concerned. You can't, you know, go take things too far, right? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm i very bad at, at maintaining any sort of good, healthy diet. So. I mean,
1: I just did a 24 hour fast over the past 24 hours. So I'm like on the good and wrong side of things constantly. Uh, let's talk about We Never Learned Nick. Question 182. The pizza bed equals the Queen of Thin Ice Part 5. So, Kirisu's at home, and she has to think about the fact that Uega basically confessed to her uh, completely. Yes. Uh, and, uh, she, you know, we cut back to that scene to see how it actually played out, and Kirisu's like, thank you, I appreciate the, uh, you know, that, but we're parallel lines, the fact that I'm a teacher and you are my student hasn't changed, so... Oh, wait, never mind. I remember what this chapter is about now, so I'm going to speed through this. She says no. is sad because Yuega actually feels really like he wants to do it. Miharu shows up and takes Yuega out, so Kirisu gets jealous because she's like, oh, no, he's just a two-timer. He just wanted to, you know, once he broke up with me or found that went down, now he just wants to get with my sister, so I'll follow so after them. Eden, oh,
0: sorry. Uruka, sorry. Ogata, sorry.
1: Honestly, <laughs> I I would take a chapter where she just cribbed another girl's joke a a thousand times more than what we actually get in this chapter. Um, So the only thing of substance that happens in the next like six pages
0: disguises herself in order to follow them when she thinks they're on a date.
1: Yeah, I Which know. Like
0: every girl's done at one point or another.
1: I know, everyone does it. I look, the one thing I want to say is they have the girl and the kid joke and they actually show that the kids grown up in the background of a shot and I was like, that's kind of funny. I, you know, they're still doing that same gag where the kids like, "What's up with her mom?" I'm like, "I don't know, she's weird. Don't look at her." Um they go to an ice Stop. Stop being, bo- stop being annoying <laughs> to other people. <laughs> uh, they go to an ice skating rank. That's all the proof cares needs to be. This is clearly a date. Uh, Mihara is trying to, like, just talk to her. Like, so when did you start getting feelings from my sister? And Uega's like, huh? We already talked about this. And is like, yes, but the audience hasn't. So explain it for their sake, basically. And is like, oh, well, I guess it started during the school festival. And the... Cuts to like when he was a student and she was a teacher and she grabbed his hand. And Kirisu's like, Didn't something like this happen before? And then I just go ill for six pages. Uh, and that's basically the chapter. Um, Kirisu falls on her butt and somehow all of her pants get like super wet immediately. Because uh, I guess, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean,
0: ice skating rinks are damp. Yes. Because it's ice.
1: But it's I don't ice. know how it gets wet. ...all over the way it does and is so pronounced. So, you know, whatever. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done this chapter either. This is another one. Look, you got to see Kirisu's butt a lot in this chapter. So if you're really into it for that, this is a great chapter. If you were in this for romance, I'm sorry. My line has been crossed here. This is gross. Every part of this relationship is gross and gravely uncomfortable. I hate every part of it. I don't... I honestly... I it wouldn't make sense to, but I would like to drop. We never learned because I really do not want to see this relationship come to a full conclusion. This is you super need me gross. To take over the last four, <laughs> you chapters. can. I just, I'm just gonna be super clear. I'm only gonna be judging it based off the idea of like you're in for this for like Kirisu's butt, right? Because like it, this isn't romantic at all. This is like super weird to me in every way. So
0: the fact that I mean, like. It starts off so it flashes back to confirm that Yuiga and Kirisu ran into each other when Yuiga was 11 and Kirisu was in high school and he was separated from his parents and she escorted him back. And they, because she was escorting him back, they were holding hands when the fireworks went off. So actually, the promised distant girl thing happened back when Yuiga was 11 and she was like 15 or 16. And curious, you kind of like teased him at that moment by saying, I was like, It's a promise, one day when you're all grown up, which is just the most Yeah. Yeah. I know she was doing that to be like it's one of those flirting that isn't flirting things where it's like he's not little enough that you can get away with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> clearly. He's he got older and you did. <laughs> He's not, like, three, you know, or something like that. He was 11 at the time, which is actually, like, you he know. what
0: girls were. Yeah. Presumably. I don't know. It is Yuiga we're talking
1: about. I just, ugh. I hate every part of it. I hate that. Yuiga went <laughs> home that night and beat his meat to you, Curious. He probably you did. Oh <laughs>
0: God. And it wasn't because a glue guy broke a robot. It was the sick kind of beating <laughs> off. <laughs> Can Talk about that egg robot getting killed again.
1: I just want to talk about something I can enjoy. Something I can put my passion into. That fucking robot died like a champ. Chris, we got to talk about Dr. Chelsea. Oh, god damn it. What's Mashal? Alright, one more. Just one more. One more. We can do it. Oh my god.
0: Alright. Oh, so I'm trying to remember what happens in this chapter because nothing's loading. And also Dr. Chelsea's on the pages and I don't like looking at her stupid face and the stupid faces she makes and the way her eyes squint up annoys me. z 74, The Spectre of the Panama Canal, which is an amazing Scooby-Doo direct-to-video movie title, I swear. Uh Um, They're being chased still by Stanley and company. And, uh, the problem is, of course, that, uh, if they, they, they can't just lose them because they're being tracked on, on radar. And so they're trying to suggest certain ideas. All the nine signs people are trying to suggest ideas. Like Taiju's like, can we outrun the bad guys? Can we just like have a, can you have a showdown against the enemy radar guy? And Yuki like, no, if I shoot out radio waves, then they'll just, you know, know our position for certain. And... The radar guy over there, I'm sure, is is an elite. If we give any hint of our location, it won't escape him. So, Rios, we and Senku think about this for a bit, and it starts to start, start uh, starts to give them an idea. Uh, meanwhile, Chelsea mentions the Panama Canal, and Chrome's like, "What is that?" And <laughs> Francois has a globe <laughs> of the Earth to explain you know just at hand
1: there it is I have my I have my globe on me
0: Uh, (laughs) a good butler is
1: always prepared so
0: they yeah they explain what the Panama Canal is yeah it's great okay so um then Taichu's like so are we heading for the banana canal place now and uh Chelsea points out well like after thousands of years the canal is probably mostly filled in and Seik like that's it and Ryusui is also seems to know exactly what to do at this point. He says, we're going to split up into Team Rubber Trees and Team Panama Canal. And everyone was shocked to hear this because it's like, are we supposed to split up at sea? So they start hooking up this antenna thing so that they can basically set out something that lacked as bait. Uh, and um, Mookie is like, yeah, nothing will escape his watch, so we're going to use that over-attention against him. Uh, Kohaku brings up, hey, isn't the Panama Canal blocked off? And Senku's like, probably yes. Uh, so they're like, well, then doesn't that mean the Stanley will catch the team that goes down the canal? And S- Senku says, yes, our canal bound bait will be shot full of holes and die for this mission. And it was like, oh, my God, that's awful. We've got to sacrifice people. How can we do this? How can we sacrifice anyone for this plan? And Senku points down from the balcony. He's like, Listen, this is goodbye forever. And Chrome says, Goodbye to who? As they send out the mobile lab with the antenna attached. <laughs> and it's going to act as their bait heading towards the canal. <laughs> and they've got it hooked up, so it's just on autopilot heading straight for the canal, singing off radio waves. And <laughs> Kaseki's like, No, the Cold cool, And it's like, it's just it's just a machine. I've already taken all the equipment out of it. And we get this visual of the crew divided of mostly that people are just like, I mean, it's just a machine. It's okay. But then there's team the mobile lab was a crewmate, and they're and it's Suika, Kaseki, Chrome, and Taiju, and they're alternately waving their hands goodbye and raising their fists. And Taiju is his back turned and he's got the one piece X on his wrist. <laughs>
1: Do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> <laughs> do du- 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 mobile f- lab. <laughs> the mobile lab was in the coma, god damn goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a
0: perfect fucking reference. <laughs> oh, man, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do a reference to One Piece that just is like... Fully understands what One Piece is about in this
1: moment. Now, Nick, uh, which reference of this was better, uh, Dr. Stone or Fairy Tale? Dr. Stone! (laughs) Because they're both referencing the exact... Well, honestly, it's weird because Dr. Stone's referencing two different moments at once, but... Yes, they
0: are. Because they're referencing the goodbye to the going Mary, and they're referencing the goodbye to Vivi. Mm-hmm. but still it's,
1: it's funny. i mean i there was a moment i was like we're gonna have to lose a character and there was a part of me it, it's like dr chelsea dr chelsea dr chelsea and then they were like the mobile lab and the- <laughs> be so much sure that the lab stays on target we volunteered worry. you
0: <laughs> don't worry they, they probably won't kill you
1: <laughs> it was just a moment of be like come on come on dr chelsea go in the lab
0: away from the whole message of we can't lose anyone the doctor stone's all about we've got to save everyone when we're kind of like i really wouldn't mind if we lost <laughs> a couple of these characters
1: <laughs> oh if you told me if there was like some cosmic like gd who was just like you can save the mobile lab but you're gonna lose dr chelsea they wouldn't even have left their mouth like there could have been something at the end of it like dr chelsea and i was like it's fine do it do it, do it. give me that mobile lab
0: what other characters do I have to sacrifice <laughs> to make sure we get rid of her?
1: You're gonna have to lose uh, Kenro. I'm like, which one's Kenro? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Chelsea's gone, though, right? That's She can't come back or something? There's no, like, recordings or shit? So,
0: uh, of course, the enemy radar operator notices this is like, what the hell? There's two signals now. One of them's going for the Panama Canal. Where do we... Uh, so, uh... Gen says, like, the modern know about the canal, so even if they suspect it's a decoy, they'll have to pursue it. So that's what they're going to do. So uh, everyone goes ashore after that decoy has been laid out. They come across a big old tree, one they're going to get rubber from. And uh, Senku explains, like, yeah, you make a cut here, you start collecting the sap, which is latex. And uh, so everyone from the Ishigami Village is like, oh, it's just like harvesting lacquer. We're, we're experts at this. No problem. We get a little bit of a montage of that happening. And then eventually we get uh, Gen going over to uh, Zeno. He gives him a little knife. And uh, he's like, and Zeno's like, why are you handing over a weapon to an enemy? And Gen's like, you can't resist making rubber with us. You're a science pro. just like Just like Senku. And, you know if our vehicles don't work very well, it's going to be your funeral too. So I'm sure that uh, you'll work with us because you're just like Senku. You, Neither of you are the type who taint science with lies. And Zeno gets this very, mm, you've cut me to the core. Mm, you know, me very." it's a very weird face. Yeah. Uh, maybe you think about Stanley hugging him. I don't know. So, uh, they all work together to make some to make some rubber. They get the sap out and they put some vinegar in it to harden it up, and then they knead it out into rubber. And they make a bunch of super balls with it as, as as a test run. Yay, rubber balls! And then Sanku is as the Michelin Man for some reason in <laughs> the
1: chapter. I was like, I did not realize the Michelin Man was so uh per like pervasive of a character that Japan knew about him. I just assumed he was, was one of those. So many Widely
0: known tire brands, because there's a reference to Goodyear in there too. So
1: I guess and it just, i just in my mind, I was like, no, that's one of those stupid like mascot characters. No one knows. Like you would just be like, oh right, I guess the Pet Boys are all different faces. You, you could like they're all a thing there. yeah it's a fine chapter. I, I had some it's a fun with right it. Job. The, the 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 mobile lab joke is the best part about the chapter yes. but yeah it's pretty solid
0: even if it were a shit chapter that would have that would have elevated ev- oh, it to good
1: so yeah all right nick let's talk about Mashal chapter 39 mash burn dead and the victory celebration so we open the chapter in some crazy awesome floating sky castle thing uh Where Selwar, which is his actual name, has returned. He's like, My apologies for returning late, but I have found it. That which was lost. And, uh, some figure just says, I see it last. I will have my wish retrieve it for me. Uh, and Selwar introduced, uh, introduces himself to his character you know says father so i can only presume that this character is mr war which is the best name for an antagonist ever mr war and that is what i will be calling him until we discover otherwise mr war uh you 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 got
0: to the uh i think you were the one actually who i saw the mashall name generator thing yeah i made it oh you made it yeah i made it what was your, what was your, what's your Mashal name?
1: Uh, I think it was like Shadow Infinity or something like that.
0: That's pretty dope.
1: Yeah. I made the list. I made sure my name was going to be dope. What are you, good. <laughs> insane. I wound up
0: with Midnight Freeze, which is, which I'm,
1: which I'm pretty happy with. Midnight so. Freeze is pretty dope. It's great because I just looked over magic cards and I was like, that's a dope word. That's a dope word. That's a dope word. And I just put them into the
0: generator. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in Japan. <laughs> oh, he got that list. Hajime Komoto is listening to the podcast and he's like, he
1: knows my secret. <laughs> <laughs> he also knows you can go to Gatherer and just look up magic cards. Shit. <laughs> uh, so we, we we got back to the news basically last time that Mash's news of Mash's inability to use magic was spreading. But meanwhile, all of Lang's corns went to Adler bringing MASH and friends a step closer to becoming divine visionaries. So MASH is like, cool, glad we solved that problem. Time for a victory celebration. And Finn's like, did we? And it cuts to how the situation went before, where... The one of the teachers is like, he can't use magic! And all the other characters basically were just like, yes he can! And the teacher's like, uh, uh, I guess. So, they're like, yeah, I guess we kind of just shouted him down. But I guess it's good, because at least the whole school does it. And a new character shows up who just says, hey, is it true you can't use magic? And Mash is like, I use magic. I, I use it. I use magic. I use magic. I use magic. Use- and <laughs> He's immediately just, keeps repeating the phrase I use magic over and over. And the guy's like, uh, what's going on? (laughs) And Finn's celebrating because he's like, it's working. We conditioned him well. (laughs) So he considers this a success. Popador uh, kid says, says, Hey, you, you know what? Don't lie, man. Everyone knows you got a big problem on your hands now. You know, protecting a non-magic user is going to get you in trouble, he says to Finn. And he's like, You may be a student now, but this could mean expulsion for you, too. You know that, right? You don't fess up. You really can't use magic. You don't want to lie. What's the point in protecting a no-magic blight blood like him? And Finn just turns around and says, Shut up. Who, who I spend my time with is my business. And then the dude just fucking eats the ground. And you're like, huh? It's like Finn's like, did I do that? No, it's because Lance showed up, <laughs> and they just say sister complex, which uh, I enjoy that he's still just referred to as that. Uh, Lance is just like, you know, eh, I pushed you into ground because I felt like it. You made me mad. That's it. Uh, Pompadour guys like you jerk and leaves. Then we see Lemon in doubt <laughs> or Dot. And dots oh <laughs> covered. The only part of him is his left leg that's not just covered in bandages, basically. Including his mouth. I don't know how the poor boy is breathing. Because Lemon just starts going over his injuries and like, yeah, he had six broken rings, a fractured skull, of compound fractures up and down his legs, blood blisters, damage to multiple organ systems. And don't just like... <laughs> so pompadour guy runs away and we actually go to the celebration that's being held in adler dorm and mash has a giant and what's pla- the centerpiece chris mash has a giant giant plate of cream puffs behind him oh he's gonna be so happy uh and you know mash is actually being pretty uh okay about all this like hey you know now that we have lang's coins we could breathe easy until the divine visionary thing comes around uh and you know it cuts over to lemon and lance who apparently both cook together so it's very cute uh and finn's just like i feel like we're sweeping aside some pretty big things also and it cuts over and abyss razor and lord abel are there (laughs) And Lord Abel's still ca- fucking carrying the like the, the like head, like limbless baby doll thing in his arm and he's just like why are they here? And like Lord Abel has like a like a stoic look on himself and he reaches into his his coat pocket and fits like oh, and he pulls out a deck of cards like and he would want to play cards and they're like oh never mind, he's just here to party. <laughs>
0: oh everyone's so awkward around <laughs> each other
1: and then, like April has to be like i didn't intend to make friends but as you're better i can celebrate Abyssus' recovery at least and uh, then abyss razor really hammers home the Zabaza vibes where he's like i just want you to know anyone who dares to beat him at cards will die by my hand <laughs> Uh, Lemon asks uh, Abyss if he would like any tea, and he's like, uh, 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 and he just starts violently shaking as he's like, thank you. Uh, turns out he he doesn't have a lot of experience with girls, so he, he's I pretty nervous around them. I
0: know exactly what
1: happens? To- oh, he-
0: <laughs> I didn't realize what happened. <laughs> I thought that he somehow just had like a chest wound burst open or something. <laughs> It turns out, for some reason, when he accepts the tea from her, he just puts the
1: whole cup in his (laughs) mouth. (laughs) And so it all spills over onto his chest. Uh, then there's, we see Love's there as well, and (laughs) Dot's trying to eat. She just keeps eating his food. She becomes power for a moment, where she's like, what's yours is mine, and what's mine is mine. Uh lemon tries to be like hey let me serve you mash he's like i can eat on my own and she's like fuck you and <laughs> throws a food in his face and shit like that match is like hey lance where were you during everything and he's like yeah <laughs> i fought a death row inmate <laughs> and an entire conversation happens as he's like i'll talk about that later That's just the entirety of that conversation. What is...
0: <laughs> oh my god. We, we had so many chapters in a row of serious one-on-one battles. I forgot that when they're all together, it's just they're just a bunch of goobers.
1: <laughs> they're all such idiots the moment they interact with one another. <laughs> um, bet... Even Lance, the one
0: that you look at, it's like, oh, he's the serious one. <laughs> he's just addressing the main thing the, he's like there's uh, cream
1: I fought a death row inmate I'll tell you about it sometime maybe uh, eventually mash and abyss razor are alone for a moment and abyss says you know as thanks for inviting us I have to warn you they're gonna have their eyes on you Innocent Zero, the worst criminal organization in the world. They were looking for the strongest magic users in our school and in exchange for Lord Abel's help they gave him power. His third line is artificial, part of their gift. Natural triple liners are even more fearsome. So this is a way of kind of establishing a level beyond what Masha's kind of contended with to this point. And said, you know, Lord Abel needed the coins, so that's why he bothered their, borrow, borrowed their power. It was all to basically... Try to create the world that his, you know, his mother could live in peace for, um, and he says, "Hey, look, you know what? We're gonna have to face punishment for what we did. It's what we would deserve for losing sight of those around us. So, you know, thank you for stopping him. It's a very little sweet moment." Uh, and he says, "I think you could still build that world, a world where everyone lives in peace, and I'd like to see that." Mash. Mash is like, "Okay."
0: like it's not i was gonna do that anyway but all yeah.
1: right <laughs> so pompadour guy tries to sneak inside he's like ah i'm not gonna be scared off again i'm gonna find proof he can't use magic and he opens the door and he's like why why is the abyss razor in there uh, what's going on and then he turns around and lord abel's right behind him he's like do you need something and if you don't know what happens you just see him like why is he? What the? Blah! And that's how the chapter ends, basically. <laughs> I think the Pompadour guy gets murdered.
0: Yeah, I, I really do feel like we're getting a better handle on, like, okay, these are this is our cast of characters now. Uh-huh. Um, it's fun to see them all interact with each other in a, in a friendly mood, and I think that you know. <clears throat> Yes, it's funny to have, you know, MASH just be super ridiculously overpowered. But it I love seeing the variety that's introduced just from having these characters bounce off of each other. And there's just such weird, stupid stuff that happens in, in this. So it's just like, you guys have no grasp of, like, priorities or anything. <laughs> everything's gonna be fine now <laughs>
1: yeah, i like the idea of lord abel and abyss razor just becoming like the dorky dark friends of the group who are there uh and i actually kind of like the idea of lord abel kind of using his power to help kind of quash the concern about mash not being able to use magic in the school i don't know if he's intentionally doing that because i don't know i guess he probably would have heard the rumors but just the idea of like you know they they are addressing it in some way. It's not being completely swept under the rug as we were slowly being kind of introduced to some more little details. It's it's fun, I think, in general. There's still stuff that hasn't been answered yet. Like I assume Rain is a dead, but he was fighting against that fork and knife butler dude, and we never saw what happened with that. Yeah. Um, and we will have to find out exactly what happened with Lance. Uh, so there's some stuff like that but I anyway, said it was just fun having the characters all around and Mash is still pretty early on but this was like the right time for like a fun celebratory chapter where we just got to see all these characters bounce off each other
2: yeah
0: alright <clears throat> on to Ayakashi Triangle chapter 21 the spirit of harmony uh, last time Matsuri was alive and he was back in his guy body and at this very first page of this chapter, Suzu immediately is, like, glomping him. So she's like, yep, still got my priorities. But uh, And Matri literally goes, why are you jumping on me? <laughs> but Suzu says, well, it's because I thought you died. Also, you're a guy again. Uh, and she asks if the jutsu was undone. And Shirogane is like, no, let me explain. <laughs> So this is kind of our the status quo will be maintained kind of kind of moment here. Uh, and I get I've got an idea as to another aspect of it. But um, essentially, he says that what happens was when uh, the gym was when Sosuke ate Matsuri's Haku, he was actually eating the Haku that was used to transform him into an uh, into a female body. And since a bunch of it was devoured, the transformation has been temporarily undone. And Matsuri's own Haku came back as a result. And Matsuri goes, so I had a one up because I was a girl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. I guess, yeah. Uh,
0: I get the impression that Shirogane having many bits eaten out of him is probably also going to result in him going back into his kitty cat form at the end of this fight. So pretty sure we're going back to the status quo after this is all said and done. But in any case, there was a nice dramatic turn that the game as a result of it. So anyway, he keeps trying to eat Shirogane. Sosuke does. Uh, and um, he's like, yeah, that guy's more of a danger to me because, you know, he b- inflicted damage on me in the past and you can't touch me. So, hmm. And sure enough, Shirogane goes back into his kitty cat form because he's so badly damaged. Uh, Matsuri tries to attack him with some wind shuriken stuff. And he's just like, hey, I've been I've been stacking on Shirogane's Haku. So m- my body has all this Ayakashi energy now. So pff, you can't hurt you can't hurt me, basically. But. Uh, and Shirogane is warning uh, Matsuri away as well. But Matsuri says an exorcist ninja turns even a loss into a positive. So he's pushed us back this far. Time to exercise him. So don't worry about me, Suzu. When he tells me, he basically has her get away with Shiragane to, to get to a safe distance, and uh, while he squares off against Sosuke, uh, and uh, he has a few things in his hand. It's the paper shuriken things that Suzu uh, was using her Ayakashi magic on before, and he's like, those mouths devour Haku, which also means that they can only eat Haku. So if I use my wind jutsu and stuff my wind down my down your throat, you might get a tummy ache. Huh? And so immediately is thinking to himself, shit, shit, he figured it out. Um, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they start fighting. Uh, Sosuke is basically summon turns his hands into a fork and knife because everyone's doing that lately, it seems like. Uh, but Matsuri, while he's parrying the blows with his sword, is thinking to himself, His ability is not invincible, otherwise he wouldn't be trying to distract me with with these attacks. He's trying to attack my blind spot with his mouth. That means that that engulfing shadow is a weak point. He has to hide it until it's time to actually use it. So it's time that I master what I couldn't acquire while training with Grandpa. That jutsu! Oh, he used that, Chris. Oh, hes he's got it now. He's going to use that. That jutsu, That's. that man might show up as well. Mm. So we see that uh, what this jutsu involves, because we get a flashback to where he was training with his grandfather, where they were in this crazy windstorm up on a mountain peak. Well, on a cliff, not a mountain peak. Uh, and Matsuri's like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't keep the candle from blowing out in the storm. And his grandfather's like, that is because you are restless. Listen, your desire to defeat your enemy is great. The cone power you create with those strong emotions is what changes the wind into a weapon. But this, Jutsu, requires the opposite. A gentle, peaceful, and calm spirit creates harmony with the wind. And Matsuri admits to himself, I couldn't master it back then, because all I cared about was beating Ayakashi to protect Suzu. If I can become true friends with Shirogane, and Suzu's like, if I can protect true friends with Shirogane, everything will be resolved. So she, he realizes now, like, I thought that that could possibly happen. But now the two of them have shown me that it's not all about attacking. I can create harmony with the wind and become one with it, and he's and he unleashes Kazamaki-style Exorcist Ninja art, that jutsu! <laughs> Calm for me. Uh, and the air around him stops moving, so at that moment, Sosuke is like, alright, says your wind abandoned you, and suddenly four different mouths appear all around Matsuri and, and go in on him, and he says, I, never I bet said they do. I yeah, we coming on him, yeah. So Sosuke says, I never said that I only have one engulfing shadow. I never said the espada are numbered from one to ten. (laughs) And Matsuri's just like, yeah, you're lying. They're all illusions. And he hops up into the air, goes towards the real mouth and fires an exorcist ninja art into directly into its mouth. And it bursts apart from the inside And Sosuke's actual body starts to show the effects as well. Energy is bursting out of his face and his whole body kind of explodes a little bit. And he realizes that the calm air from before was Matsuri summoning a barrier around himself. And as Sosuke collapses, Matsuri says, I carried out what I intended. I said so in the beginning, right? That I'd open up a windhole in your stomach. A lot of not really great one-liners this week, huh? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I do think this is a pretty cool chapter, though. I I do actually really like the the idea of, like, focusing the air around him, this big sensory thing. And then, you know, Sosuke being this, this mischievous person, like, I'll make five of these mounts. He'll never dodge all of them. And him being like, nope, I can tell all of them are fake except the real one, which is down below me. Because that, that's the only one that disrupts the wind. It's a very, a very clever little tactic. And I, I like the way it plays off to a big final conclusion where he just jumps up and stuffs a big wind attack down its throat.
0: This little, little arc involving Sosuke has been pretty damn good from beginning to end, I, would, mm-hmm. I have to say. So uh, I'm yes. assuming we'll get the wrap up next time. I'm not sure he'll probably get his booze back so that we can have more fan service involving his female form.
1: I mean, and come life on, will go yeah. on
0: the way it should with Ayakashi Triangle. So, Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. With One Piece, there is no Black Clover this week. Uh, it, it is off uh, as a lot of series have been off in recent weeks, but uh, yeah.
1: all Kona my friends and <laughs> Chapter 12. Chapter 995. Uh,
0: so, a lot of cool stuff happens in this chapter. A lot. We start off with where Marco is, and he is in the midst of a heretofore, basically completely unseen fight with uh, Big Mom.
1: We saw that they were talking before. Uh, yes. It erupted to a fight pretty quickly, which I guess made sense. The last conversation was pretty mm-hmm. dismissive, so.
0: Yes. So they're fighting, uh, and uh, Big Mom is using Prometheus to clash against Marco's flames, uh, and he says, I may not know what my role is here yet, but I know better than any of them the kind of danger you pose. And Prometheus is like, why am I losing to flames? And Marco's just like, Phoenix flames are special. <laughs> yes. I have special flames. Fuck off. I have special flames. Uh, but it's not just Big Mom that Marco was fighting against. prospero is also there, and he's got a freaking candy bow at the ready as Big Mom grabs Marco around the throat and points his arrow at him. And he's like, sorry, Marco. Looks like I'm going to use myself to finish you off. There were times in the past I wanted to kill you more than this. It's all rather ironic. <laughs> <laughs> As Carrot and Wanda suddenly arrive on the scene, they're in their Sulong forms and they lightning claw all the fuck over uh, Perosperov's face.
1: I legitimately uh, had to remember who Wanda was. I was like, who the fuck is the other one here? And I'm like, it's the dog that took Nami's clothes. Okay, now I remember.
0: Uh so they knock Perospero over and they identify Perospero as the one who killed Pedro. <laughs> And Karat's like, yeah, if it worked for him. And then Prospero's like, he blew himself up.
1: <laughs> I love that. It's it's because he's a hundred percent ready. It's like I didn't make him blow up.
0: <laughs> oh man. So Marco clearly has is like, who are you? Because <laughs> he has no idea who they are. But Karat's like, oh, you must be Marco, a friend of the cat Vipers, yes. And Marco's like, I yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, and then Big Mom's like, I don't have time for this. Bye. <laughs> and she
2: just
0: leaves. But she says, Marco, if you want to kill me, you have to do it another time. I don't have the soul weapons to spare on you now. But Wanda says, hey, you go after Marco. We'll deal with him. Uh, and uh, Marco... Meanwhile, we recognize the commotion going on over with at the palace where everyone's getting the ice-ony thing going on. We cut over there to where people are trying to fight their way through the crowd. Zoro is chasing after Apu. Uh, people who are on Apu's side are like, dude, help us. <laughs> and he's like, no, I don't want to die. <laughs> um so da da da. Apu uses an explosion sound effect to blow people out of his way because he's an asshole like that. Zoro and X-Drake uh, close in on him and X-Drake is like, yeah, I'm totally as important as Zoro. Me, member of the supernovas. Me, X-Drake. Very important. Me, X-Drake. <laughs> I'm a captain, right? He's he, a captain?
1: he was a captain of a ship, yeah. A okay.
0: um, so they're going after Apu. Zoro's like, I just want to go up to where Kinemon is. I'm, uh, you, you're delaying me, and, um, that's all going on. Queen is watching everything from up above, and he's like, "Fuck you, X Trick." <laughs> but then he also recognizes because he's looking through some wanted posters, Zoro and Sanji, and he says, "It's always best to take out the number twos and threes quickly." Hmm. So.
1: Mm, so maybe Queen will fight Sanji. We covered where uh Brooke and Chopper are. Brooke apparently at one point
0: got touched by someone and he's like, Oh no! I didn't turn into a an noni! And Chopper's like, It's because you don't have any skin or blood or warmth. You're basically a corpse. <laughs>
1: and folks like, Ah! I'm invincible! <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: Chopper kind of gets caught up in his thoughts for a second he's like okay the virus spreads because the body is chilled but is that possible from the inside could it be that this virus is but then he gets cut off because robin's like chopper your arm and uh, it's starting to frost over oh no chopper is going to die (laughs) yeah
1: i mean it seems very likely after establishing that you know a phoenix with magical flames is like has taken notice of this situation that he might show up and and be a part of things. Marker just
0: shows up and everyone's like, we're all freezing. And he's like, cool. <laughs> <Just laughs> it's <there. laughs> sounds fun. I'll watch. <laughs> no, can I get it too? <laughs> uh, then we cut over to page one and. Ulti. Ulti are uh, in the midst of uh, fighting with Usopp and Nami. Fighting, Usopp... fighting is a kind word. <laughs> Going after Usopp and Nami <laughs> while they try and get away. <laughs> uh, Usopp summons a big old piranha plant kind of thing to get uh, to get ulti, but Page One just immediately takes his dinosaur form and bites it apart, and it she she's fine. And uh, yeah, that, that's not. He's not. Things aren't going so good. Uh, he tries to use a bamboo javelin thing next. Uh, and it has liter- literally no effect as Ulti goes straight towards him. And just before Usopp could go, not again, <laughs> she headbutts him and cracks his skull. <laughs> <sighs> poor boy, I better have good medical
1: insurance. I mean, it, it's ve- it's very remnant of, uh not remnant, um, but it's it's heavily a reminder of uh the mis uh, merry Christmas fight where that also happened to him like twice. He took like a a ten ton bat to the face or whatever it was. Yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> He's a tough
0: guy. Nami's also looking the worst for wear. Uh, she's bleeding on the ground uh, as Ulti steps over to her, uh, and then she's like, "Don't kill me. I lose. I surrender." And Ulti's like, yeah, I know. Now, I'm on a short fuse. You know why? Because your captain said to Master Kaya that he was going to be the king of the pirates. And Nami's like, he's an idiot. Don't headbutt me. We'll leave. Don't hit me, please. And Ulti's like, then say it. Say my captain will never be king of the pirates. And Nami's like, all right. Luffy will never. And Usopp's on the ground. He's like, that's it, Nami. Just lie to her. If you say the wrong word, it'll be the end of your life after we made it all this way. And Nami, tears in her eyes, scared out of her out of her wits, says, Never stop until he's king of the pirates. And Oldie's like, Oh, fine, then die. (laughs) And uh, but then Nami's like, But it's true! (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's not even like she's not even like defiant and full of conviction. She's like but
1: he will <laughs> she's like it's come on but who should arrive to save the fucking day
0: but fucking otama with her Komachio mount who just <laughs> how
1: did they even get to the island who cares <laughs> Imagine going back to when the 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 arc first started, way back. I, I don't know. I think it was like 2016 or something like that at this point. Uh, and like those first couple chapters show up where Luffy is introduced to the dumpling girl, and she uses her dumpling powers to to please this uh, whatever you call them. And just Very yeah, simple, yes. and, and someone at some point being like, those two characters are going to show up later on to save Nami and Usopp. And you're like, oh, so they're important characters? No. (laughs) They're (laughs) probably, to save not (laughs) me, they're probably like the 82nd and 115th most, (laughs) respectively, most popular or important characters in the arc.
0: I mean, admittedly, it's not like she's just like been forgotten for long stretches of time. She was with, you know, she was with Momonosuke up until the point he got kidnapped by Konjuro. But yeah, she has not been a, a huge part of this story. She was important for the first part to establish Luffy's moral leash early on. Mm-hmm. But seeing her show up like this, it's like, oh, all right. Nice to see, nice to see you again. It's Especially because a- her, her, her giant pet
1: just... <laughs> <laughs> just chomps on page one, or on the ulti, rather. <laughs> it is a supremely cool moment. Uh, a, a, a really cool chapter. The Nami moment's obviously one of the best moments in One Piece in recent history. I, I, I wish... It had more page space, but there's so much in this chapter that it it kind of doesn't feel as big as it probably is because we don't have time. Uh, I know someone pointed out earlier in the Wano arc there was a conversation between Nami and Usopp where they were talking about how Nami was like, oh, I'd give in under torture, like, immediately. (laughs) And it's a sweet moment to see that in that moment she's not... She won't won't betray. She knows Luffy's going to be king of the pirates. All that faith, so you know, it's a very sweet little moment.
0: I just love the panel that follows it up where she's like, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It was a good chapter. We had, a, we had a couple of good chapters of, of in jump this week. So let's r- wind it down. Chris what was your favorite chapter of the week and who was your MVP?
1: Um, Honestly, I think I'm going to give it to One Piece. I I I wasn't going to beforehand, but recapping it, I was like I really like that part. I really like that part. I really like that part. And I think the only other like real contender for me this week is was Mashal. Um but I think I enjoyed that moment from Nami a lot and it's going to be a moment I'm going to think about like for a while in regards to her character. Because it's it's a really cool moment to have. If if it wasn't either of those two, I think Kaiju Number Eight would also be the other one. But I'm I'm gonna put the One Piece.
0: One Piece had too much X Drake in it for me to uh-huh. uh, give him my chapter of the week. So uh, I, I'm there. There are a lot of good points in it, but also like I I still don't really care about Marco very much. That's fair, um, and he's pretty heavily involved in the first part of it, and I'm presumably going to be involved in the part that's immediately followed up on after that. So the only part of this that made me really, really go just like, oh, yeah, awesome, was just the stuff with Nami and Usopp and Ulti and Page One, uh, which was good. It was very good. Um, but in terms of like a good chapter all the way through, I th- I prefer Ayakashi Triangle this week. Okay. I thought this was a really cool climax to the fight. It was a great just like, hey, this is a nice early part of the Shonen Battle series to mm, to have this kind of note on of like our, our hero taking this step forward and also got, tying it into like the lessons that he's learned in terms of, you know, he's a different person now than he was at the start of the series because he's learned from, uh, his having a closer friendship from Suzu and learning from her example and stuff. And it's a nice, nice demonstration of all that. And just a cool ability to just like, yeah, he, he senses everything because he calms the wind around him. Cool stuff. So,
1: Yep. Uh, My character of the week is going to be the mobile lab.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) It has a face and at least four people think it was.
1: Right. I love it because I'm gonna ask Infam- uh, not Inf- sorry, ninja. At the end of the year, I'm gonna be like, "So who was like the numbers?" And he's gonna be like, "I don't know." Well, you had one vote for the mobile lab and one vote for Rajan Marbu, and I'm like, "What the fuck are those?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> I fucking hate you sometimes. <laughs> uh, it was a small moment, but I'm gonna give mine to Nami, okay, uh, for the for standing up for Luffy. So.
1: There you go. Well, the audience agreed with you. They picked Nami as their character of the week, and they also agreed with you that about Ayakashi Triangle. That was the I am series more was-
0: surprised by that than anything else, <laughs> considering where, where all of us were at the start of Ayakashi Triangle compared to where we are
1: now. Yeah. So. All, all right. right. That's going to do it.
0: That is it for Weekly Manga Recap this week, everyone. Thank you for joining us. The live recording of the show you can watch on twitch.tv slash uh, on Wednesday evenings at about 7.30 Eastern Time. Uh, but, uh, in case things get kind of changed up somehow, uh, if, if plans change, be sure to follow us on Twitter at WMR Podcast. We'll have the time that we start up as Barney Gumble will tell you all when it begins. Uh, and uh, you can also follow your hosts at Nick F. Time and at RolloT. Also be sure to join the, the Weekly Manga Recap Discord server because that's a great place just to talk with people about all mm-hmm. sorts of different things we run a uh an among us game every Saturday so join in with the, all the people who are killing me first uh
1: <laughs> it was Arcus remember they kept killing
0: Arcus it was Arcus this time I don't think I actually got killed this this past playthrough at all
1: I got killed a couple times usually I got killed. you game. killed me oh that's so, right I did kill you that you one did game kill
0: me so I, I I tell a lie I did get killed first in fact sounds
1: pretty sus you're you're telling lies
0: mm. oh i was the i was the imposter the whole time even though i didn't get imposter any <laughs> anyway anyway uh we do there's it's a great community on our discord server and also you can use that to find resources such as the google spreadsheet that ninja x3i maintains uh which tracks all the stuff that uh, goes that we can manga recap uh we've done in our past series that have been recommended to us that we've covered uh Character popularity polls and MVP stuff and supplementary awards. It's a very, very helpful resource for us and for everyone else. Uh, we also want to give our sp- special thanks to Steve Matter Talkers, to Infamous Planet for the framework for the uh, for the stream of the podcast, to so Winslale Cheddar and Milo Jack Stillitz for the opening sequence of Weekly Marguerite Recap, and to our supporters on Patreon, who will ask great bonus content for you guys to enjoy.
1: All right, Uh, I do have our next recommendation then as well. Uh, This one is fulfilling in, as mentioned, way back oh god, this year has felt like a thousand years. I guess it wasn't actually that long ago, but back in May we did a charity stream, uh, and in that we had quite a few people who did a large amount. So we we gave a promise that we would give those people series. So this is for Eltheon 22. Uh, We're going to be taking a look at Gengaku Picasso. Hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, Gaku Picasso Yep So we're going to take a look at that It's only about three volumes long uh, So I don't know if it'll be a terribly long series But it does look pretty interesting So we're mm. going to see about that one. Oh wait, is this
0: by the uh, Is this by the uh,
1: It's Usamaru Farua Is this by
0: the uh, uh, The
1: Evil Flowers Thing uh, I don't know
0: the art Maybe?
1: style is reminiscent of it. Uh, let me see. I search their name. Uh, okay, I don't think it n- doesn't seem so now.
0: The art style just seemed reminiscent of it to me. But okay. yeah,
1: yeah, we'll take a look at that and we'll come back with our thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I legitimately, I was like, yeah, years and years ago, we did that thing. We haven't. Years I was like, ago. I was like, that was like only six months ago when I think. <laughs> holy God, this year needs to end. Uh, all
0: right so that might very well be for next time but uh it should be it should be soon so yep.
1: all right catch you guys next time i don't have a thing to go out on um chris i've got another serious conversation
0: that we need okay oh well, well, god morning. my finger